All sports, all the time. There's heroes and there's legends. Heroes get remembered. Legends never die. This is the Spoken Podcast. Hold your ears, folks. It's showtime. I'm your host, Lance Woodwell. Man, that kid, he can ball, man. He can ball. Touchdown, Kansas City! Man with freaking Mahomes, baby! Uh, let's talk some sports, because that's what we're here to do. You are tuned in to the Spoken. Spoken. Ladies and gentlemen, here is Lance Twidwell. This is the Spoken Podcast. I am your host, Lance Twidwell, here inside the Foolish Club Studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell, going on? Eddie Ortiz, yeah, yeah, yeah. episode 53 in full swing. Guys, we have a great, great guest that we love having on the show. We're very excited. Uh, WHB 810 Sports Radio's Darren Smith is in the house with us tonight. How are we doing tonight, Darren? Man, I'm doing good. Thank you again. Once again, well, heck yeah, man. We, we, we wish we could have you on every single week, but, you know, we know that, you know, scheduling conflicts and you probably get sick of us after a while, but nah, you all are great. Yeah, <laughs> we appreciate it. Like, I know, right? Exactly. It's a Friday, Friday event every single week. But yeah, like I said, guys, we're here in the Foolish Club Studios. Really, really excited for this opportunity, guys. We got a lot of good things going our way. Um, this podcast has been an absolute blast. And like I said, every single week before we even start talking, we greatly, greatly appreciate each and every one of you from being here from the beginning, the middle, and to where we're at right now, where sure. we're heading. So thank you guys so much. Yep. I want to start with something that's a little bit different than what we've done, I would say, for the last few months, especially with football being as, as relevant as it has been in Kansas City over the last couple of seasons. And since we started this podcast, it's been the number one hot topic that we talk about on this show, rightfully so. But I want to start with this. I believe that most of us humans are born stubborn. We see something or someone be what who be who and what they are for a consistent amount of time, yet we still refuse to accept it and them for what they've shown us time and time again. It's one of our main flaws as a species, and sure, we could change, but that would take a certain level of willingness to accept our flaw, learn from it, and make the proper and necessary changes. But we're, we stubbornly refuse. That's exactly what a lot of us have done with LeBron James. That's right. We're talking about him tonight. <laughs> play after play, quarter after quarter, game after game, season after season, LeBron James has shown us what he is. Greatness. Sure, he has had his moments in time when he looked not great, like, say, the 2011 NBA Finals against the Mavericks, for instance. Let's, let me say that again. This, his low point was in the finals. Let's, let's just preface that for a second, Darren. We can point out the 2010 Eastern Conference Finals against the – it's Eastern Conference semi, semifinals, rather, against the Celtics when people claim that LeBron quit on his Cavaliers – despite the fact that he averaged 27-9-7 and seven, going against KG, Paul Pierce, Ray Allen, and Rajon Rondo with a stacked lineup of hold your breath because this is a staggering starting cast around LeBron, Mo Williams, Anthony Parker, J.J. Hickson, and a 37-year-old Shaq who averaged 12 points per game that season and in that series. You double that up, that's 24 points per game. Wow. Killing it. I guess you could uh, point out those as LeBron's quote-unquote low points. Whereas I could point out, the high points, such as when he was 22 years old, leading the worst team to ever reach the finals. Or when he won four MVPs before turning 30, which is something no one else in the history of the NBA has ever done. Or he won three NBA final MVPs. Or when he was forced, when he forced six games out of the 2015 67-win Warriors with Timothy Mozgov as his best teammate, while becoming the first player to ever lead both teams in any series ever, let alone in the finals and points, rebounds, and assists. 
or uh, maybe a year later, how about we go there to 2016, when not only he became the first player to ever lead both teams in any series alone, let alone the finals in points, rebounds, assists, steals, blocks, but it was also against a 73-9 and Warriors team who led the greatest come- – oh, yeah, and LeBron led the greatest comeback in NBA history against that team, by the way. Yeah. Not even mentioning the fact that no one has ever scored more playoff points and is the only player in NBA history to be top 10 in points, rebounds, assists, and steals in the playoffs. Not even mentioning that he's the only player in the last five-plus decades to play in nine finals. Not even mentioning that he went to eight straight finals. Not even mentioning that he he has the most game-winning clutch-made shots in playoff history. Not even mentioning that he is by far the greatest player in elimination games, averaging a pedestrian 34-11-8 on 49% shooting in those elimination games. Let's just go ahead and ignore all of that. Because the goalpost that couldn't be touched and what LeBron on the Witch Hunters held on to him in the last 15 years was this. He did it all in the East. LeBron can't win in the West. LeBron can't win in the West. He can't do what he did in the East in the West. So in July of 2018, LeBron decided to take his talents to the West Coast. And now here we are, a year and a half later. Year 17 of LeBron is having arguably his greatest statistical season of his career, averaging over 25 points a game while leading the entire league in assists and assists per game. Oh, and LeBron can't win in the West narrative. The Lakers are currently, Trevor, help me out on this one. Pretty sure that's first seed. Yeah, by about seven games. Yeah, yeah seven games. That's correct. Cushion there. Mm. Yeah. And have Five led seven. the Western Conference all season long and are on pace to win 63 games, which would be the most wins by a Lakers team since 2008. Mm-hmm. The goalposts have been moving on LeBron since before he took his first step on an NBA court all the way back in 2003. But the goalposts have nowhere else to go. There is no more room. There are no more excuses. Our stubbornness as humans must come to an end, and it must begin to admit that so many of us were stubbornly ignorant and wrong on LeBron James. Regardless of how this season ends, LeBron has shown us once again that there has never been an athlete that has been more unfairly and inaccurately criticized. He rose above it all, rose above your stubborn ways, and accept what you have now consistently seen for 17 years. LeBron is the MVP. I texted these guys before the show today, and I said that, and I stand by that. LeBron is the greatest player of all time, and it is time to accept that. You have anything to add? Uh, I mean, you, you touched pretty much all the hot spots. I mean, the fact that he's averaging 10, 10 plus assists in the league and leading the league in assists per game at, at the age he is in year 17 is absolutely ridiculous, especially at the position he plays, a small forward slash point guard. I know he plays that, but that, that in itself is insane. But there's another stat, too. LeBron James is on pace to average 25 uh, points per game for the 16th straight season. No one else in NBA history has had more than 12 total such seasons. Uh, and to me, the craziest part is he doesn't look like he's slowing down in the least. So, I mean, you touched on, like I said, all the hot spots, but that, that stat in itself is insane, man. I want to I get some thoughts from Darren because I know I know my guy Darren loves him in the NBA. We've talked a little bit off off, off air and off of uh, off the film a little bit. Let's let's. I'd like to get your thoughts real quick before we move along. MJ LeBron. I'm just kidding. Well, first of all, that was very eloquent in your in your spiel on what you did. And it was good. It was good. You did wrong about LeBron being the greatest of all time. But it was it was still a good it was it was a good try. Okay. Fair enough. LeBron is I I will give you he is probably the best player in, in, in this generation since he's been in the league. Uh but greatest of all time, no. you know, winning matters. 
And I, I think I think you mentioned something about him being. What did you say about him being nine times in the finals? Mm-hmm. That's correct. No, I'm saying, but you 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 said something. What was the thing that you said about the nine times? I know I know you've been there eight times straight, but you said nine. Because you know, Matty Johnson went to the finals nine times in twelve years. So mm-hmm. you know, he's five and four. LeBron is three and six. So I'm just saying, yeah. when he matters, when he matters, his context. And, yeah, and, yeah. You know, saying, mm-hmm. and in context, the game has has evolved and is different from when Magic played, when Michael played, and yeah. when and now when LeBron is playing. So look, I'm not going to take anything away from what you said. He's not the greatest of all time, but he is the best player in his in this generation. Yeah. Uh, since he's been in the league, I'll, I'll, uh, I will give you that. Absolutely. I I appreciate you at least letting me have that part of it. Because <laughs> if, if we can't even have that, agree, then we got to keep going. And don't get me wrong. I like, look, I'm a fan of LeBron. So, I mean, any team he's on, I watch. I Absolutely. Root, because I also, even though in my role, yeah, we watch because it's our job, but I also take a step back because I know what it's like to see greatness leave the game, right. come back, leave it where you feel like, you know, look, I, I'm, I'm a fan of Michael Jordan, and I, I do believe he's the greatest when you contextualize everything and from the errors and stuff like that. Uh, but I also know that he robbed fans the two times that he, that he had his retirements, whatever, so you didn't get to see everything that Jordan should have been able to provide to the game. That's why I appreciate uh, LeBron, obviously, because he's on the uh, West Coast. Now with L.A., it's kind of hard to watch every game. Mm. But I do try to catch as many of his games as possible because one day – it will come to an end. You know, you can't outplay Father Time. Just like Tom Brady, you try to watch them and watch greatness at hand. That's what I appreciate about Patrick Mahomes that we're in Kansas City. This is our third year with him, second as a starter. We get to see how this plays out. And so I try, even as a reporter covering events, that, okay, this is my job. But I'm also realizing that as a fan of these sports, to sit back and watch greatness take his place. Absolutely. Well said, man. Well said. Yeah. I love talking NBA. I'm just going to throw that out there. And I, and I hope our, our listeners on the Spoken, Spoken Podcast can enjoy that as well. We know I know we got a lot of NBA uh, fans got, in the group. we got a lot more NBA to come. So too. trust me, we're yeah. going to be talking a lot of NBA as the playoffs begin uh, in a couple of months. So we're really excited about that. But I, I really wanted to talk about that because after seeing LeBron go against Zion Williamson, who I do believe is going to be a superstar in this league for years to come, yeah. to see him go out there and drop 40 and basically show young Buck, oh, and he's doing this is what it's he's about. Doing things, I'm still the king. He's doing things that nobody's ever done before. Exactly. At, at this, at this part of, point of his career. It's I believe insane. he'll be a star as it relates to a superstar. Again, you know – uh, unless he wins an MVP or average the triple double like Russell Westbrook, uh, yeah, Russell Westbrook. I keep getting Westbrook and Wilson in my head all the time. But you know, winning matters. I can't, I can't put you at that elite level until you win once, championships. Once he's top three he assists all able. time and and top score of all time, it's gonna be hard to argue that he ain't the greatest. I mean, I'm just as far as longevity and resume. Zion, are we talking about? No, I'm talking about LeBron James. Oh no, I'm talking about I'm talking about Zion. Oh, okay, I mean. I mean He's still not gonna be the greatest, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. but I, you know, but he will have an argument. But real quick, real quick, before we move on, what what could LeBron do? Because you said you got to win in order to be put in a superstar. So, so how many how many championships does he have to win? Because it, if you're if you think if you're if you're of the belief that MJ is the goat, why didn't MJ have to win eleven to be Bill Russell? Well, again, you got well Russell only had to face what seven teams when he when he played. So you know you didn't have as many comp- you didn't have as many competitors mm-hmm. you didn't have as many blacks playing during during that time period. so i mean he towered as it was what he and uh uh will chamberlain so i mean i mean you just towered over the folks, so, chuck taylor's yeah right? so, I mean, <laughs> so you know the competition was much different than what is lebron if you put lebron physically he should be able to play in any era but without a doubt but 
if LeBron James with with his teams going up against the uh, the Detroit Pistons mm. or, or or Boston Celtics in that era, you know he's getting beat up. He, he, I mean, he, he, look, he's gonna be he's gonna be suffering the same migraines that Scottie Pippen had. Um, okay, but, if MJ's out there beating up on those guys too, I know he was getting beat up too. But if MJ's getting to the rack, tell me LeBron James get to the rack every possession. What about the two thousand four Pistons or the two thousand three or no? I'm sorry, two thousand seven Pistons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That with the five straight yeah. uh, Eastern Conference Finals and two, I believe two straight uh, NBA Finals. They're LeBron one was one, to, Ben yeah, Wallace, yeah. Ben Wallace, Tayshawn Prince. Le- LeBron went against that team, who was number one in defense that year, was the toughest Chauncey team by Bullets. far in the NBA. Yeah. Goes in there single handedly, beats that team in that series at 22 years old before he was even really a grown man. Mm-hmm. You have to think that he would be able well, to beat guys like Bill and Beer. Pass for the 2007. What they say he was a baby, but. The problem is you cannot overlook that meltdown that he had oh. against uh, against, uh, against the Dallas. Man. Look, no, you. I was rooting. Yeah. Look, I thought he was going to win seven in a row. You go to you know we he he and Miami going to win four or five, and they're up two games to one. I was sitting there like, okay, cool, man. I'm yeah. about to get that first ring, and then for whatever reason. The dude, you can see on national television, he didn't want the ball. You know, he he, he didn't want to take the shot. I mean, again, you can't. I can't erase that from my yeah, head because at no. the end of the day, you know, what I'm saying if, if Jordan wants the ball, Jordan's going to get the ball. You go. Otherwise, you know, as as Kobe, as Shaq said, and Kobe saying, it's no no I a team, but it is a me. A a me. me. Yeah. So you know, but LeBron, because see, look, in, in some areas he wants to be compared to Magic Johnson because of his all around skills, but in other areas he wants to. Where the number twenty three wants to be compared to, so you can't have it both ways. And if you don't have that mentality to where, bro, it's for the championship. Yeah. For the look, I will give you the pass for two thousand seven. Okay, but I can't do it for two thousand and eleven because you know when 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 the chips came down those six times they were in the finals. Jordan was like, I don't give a damn. I'm going to take over. So that's again, LeBron is great, and and he's on my Mount Rushmore. But I just can't put him over Jordan because you know. And that's why that's why I mentioned the twenty eleven finals as his low point. And I think you would agree that was his lowest point of his career. But he did he did in the finals, not in the first round playoffs. I think it was a. I think a player series against Boston. Where That's I think and I referenced yeah. that one as well. So if those, are the, yeah, if those are the two lowest points of his career, we can contextualize that and say, okay, look at the team surrounding LeBron in those series. Okay, like you look at the Heat in 2011. You had three, three amazing players. Mm-hmm. Outside of that, they did not have a roster. That Mavericks team was better in totality. They swept the Lakers, who just won the championship the year before, Easy and beat sweet. the beat the shit. Out of the Thunder, who had three. Oh, you yeah, say whatever the fuck you want, dude. But beat the living shit out of the Thunder the very next series, who had Russell Westbrook, Kevin Durant, James Harden, Serge Ibaka. That team was built to already get to the – and they went to the championship the next season. So they went through a Western Conference gauntlet and blew through it. Yeah. So we got to give the Mavericks some credit in that one as well. So my point in bringing that up, though, is if LeBron's lowest point of his career was in the finals, let's let's compare that to MJ's lowest point of his career. Is it when he was making the playoffs with 34 wins? Is it when he missed 80 games on his back-to-back seasons? Is it when he couldn't win a playoff series well, until Scotty Pippen? In his first game? career, in his first four seasons, he missed almost 140 games. Yes, MJ missed up. Yes, he broke his foot in the right. second yeah. season. So we're talking about low points here. We're talking about low points here. Yeah. MJ, low point if he injured. 
Well, it's a low point. You can say, I'm not discrediting oh. his career. I'm saying it's a low point. It's something that you have to acknowledge as right. a low point of your career. If LeBron tore his ACL, that's a low point. It's like well, a low okay, point of last we, season. But if we came, then we got to say last year was a low point yeah. as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. Okay. But I wouldn't say it's his missed- lowest point of his career because it was, his first, Coast, yeah. Yeah, it was his first season with a new team with a bunch of young bucks. Got right. hurt. Third it's season, a low point. Season. I would say his lowest point, though, is choking in the 2011 finals. I would say that's choking. Uh, now, I will say, and you know, you, I know how, how I roll. I don't do excuses. No, absolutely no, not. So, absolutely so, not. So, I'm contextualizing yeah. is what I'm saying. So if we're going to compare low points, let's compare the fact that MJ couldn't win a single playoff series until he had another superstar around him, whereas LeBron has never lost in the first round, whether he had superstars around him or not. So when we're comparing high points, let's also compare the low points and let's meet somewhere in the middle and talk about the greatness of that individual player. That's what I'm talking about. Everyone's talking about the six and zero, oh, but let's let's contextualize the six and zero. Oh. What well, I, have, I have no problem contextualizing yeah. six and zero, oh, but at the end of the day, they both made it to the finals. What did you do when the chip was on the line? Fair enough. That's my point, though, is that LeBron was leading worse teams to the finals on a consistent basis. Well, that says something about the league and, and, and the, the other teams that he competed against. That, that's my I, point, though. Yeah, is so it I'm, not, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not really sure giving LeBron too much credit because of the talent of his team. You also got to look at again. Look. Toronto made it to the to the finals and and uh, and won the championship because why LeBron moved from the east to the west. Mm-hmm. So again, that that says something. To, you know, simply if you cannot get past and look again, I have a problem with with, with LeBron. He's on my he's he's on my Mount Rushmore. But when it comes down whether it's Tom Brady, look, if people still talking about Tom Brady because he won six championships, but Joe Montana was perfect. You know, look, I love Tom Brady, but I but I got to go with Joe Cool because at the end of the day, he won when it mattered most. I mean, look, Tom Brady should really be he, he should have lost the championship against Seattle the second time. That's should have lost to the Falcons too. Uh, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. So yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, so you know, look, but people say he's a goat. I can't say that because he's lost when it mattered most. The eighteen and one, the the Super Bowl team that I'm still pissed about because I lost damn hundred thousand dollars on it was uh, was was the eighteen and one uh, when they lost to the Giants in yeah. two thousand seven. So look, I feel a certain kind of way. Had that team won, oh hell, man, look, man, I, I, I'd be I'd be singing. I don't care. Look, look, I'd be like, I, I could contest by seven and two. You know, what I'm saying? you got eighteen and over nineteen on record. But but going back yeah. to your point, it, it's just one of those things where. Again, I can't, you know, yes, I, I credit you for, for doing a good job and getting your team there. But still, you, I mean, just because just you get there, you know, you don't get a participation trophy. You get sure. a job in the ring, but you, but you got to finish the job. The, the, the thing for me, though, when I, again, we use the word contextualize a lot, is the fact in comparisons also to the competition in the finals. Yep. You look at MJ again. There was never a single time in the finals that MJ had the inferior team or coach. A well, single time. Well, 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 the, well, the problem there was if Jason inferior, the the the, the, the uh, uh, I mean, everyone is inferior to Jordan, so it, it, it's kind of hard. It's kind of hard because if Jordan is the best player, period, yeah. everybody who steps on the court is going to be inferior to him. Well, and that's fair. My point though is, is that. You look at, again, again, bringing the surrounding supporting cast versus the team that you're facing. You can't choose the area you play in. Look, Michael never faced a single dynasty in the finals. Not a single time. He only faced one team twice. It was the Jazz. And they had Greg Ostertag in their starting five. Where is he playing in today's NBA? That's the question you have to ask yourself. Second of all, my, LeBron went against not one but two different dynasties and two different eras. So he is going against much tougher competition. And again, I referenced the fact that he went, he, he literally brought two of the worst teams to ever make the finals against those dynasties. In 20, 2007, he faced a dynasty Spurs team in the prime of their dynasty. Then he goes and faces the 2015 Warriors, the beginning of their dynasty, with Timothy Mozgov and Matthew Della Vadova, went six games, averaging 37, 13, and 8. 
There is nothing more LeBron could have done in that series to win that series. He should have won Finals MVP even though they lost. The problem was you know they were two one, right? What you know they were two to one, right? Absolutely, and then they, they again. The point of that, though, is it's a series. So you can have a 2-1 lead and wear down as a team because you don't have the Jimmys and Joes. That's the point is they had superstar talent surrounding their roster and the fact they had Steve Kerr as their head coach, whereas the the Cavs had David Blatt. Who, where is he even at right now? That's the point, man. Oh, no, David Black coached up there. I mean, he's a, did, did he though? <laughs> did he though? Because he got fired after that season, after going to the well, finals. No, he, well, he got he got uh, contextualized. He got fired in the I think it was after after the All Star game. I think in that second. Yeah. So so it wasn't like he got fired at the beginning of the season. He got fired. Right. My yeah, point yeah. though is, you go to the finals, you get fired halfway through the next season. Yeah, but that but, but hell, why? I mean, why did he get fired? Hold on. Paul Westhead won a one NBA title with the Lakers, and Magic Johnson had him fired. So I mean, it's it's you know why was that? Because well, they're not good enough coaches. That's my point. Steve Kerr still has a job. He won an NBA title. We mean he won the good enough coach. The, oh. the point is, is that you have to you have to understand why they won those titles. Does that coach win the title if he doesn't have Magic Johnson? Does David Blatt get in the finals in 2015? He doesn't have LeBron James in his prime. That's the point you have to I mean, look I, at. I, well, I, why did I, why did Michael Jordan have uh, Doug Collins fired and have Phil Jackson come in? I, I forgot because look, <laughs> <laughs> I'm so used to radio. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, because easily look, Phil Jackson did, hadn't hadn't won as a player. I'm not saying he wanted to play, but he hadn't won as a coach. Mm-hmm. So Jordan, Jordan, you know, was, wasn't sure about Phil. So he, he he had to he had to trust in him, you know, because he, he Jordan didn't want to do the triangle. I mean, so you know, but that was something that Phil had installed. So, but once he saw, once he saw the benefits of it, yeah, he bought into the system. But it was, but but you know, but what Jordan didn't make the call to bring Phil Jackson. In. That that wasn't Jordan's call. That was management. I don't. I'm not saying it's his call. I'm saying that it, it's it, there's a sign off because because Ty Lue, that was all. That was all. And his career didn't take off until Phil got there either, though. That's what I'm saying. My, well, Michael, uh, Michael that, you well, could have made the case. to his career taking well, off. You could have made the case that Michael was the best player in that system. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah. Michael's career had already taken off. He was already, he might have been under that He couldn't get past the second round playoffs. Well, yeah, but hold on, but what I'm saying, when you say his career had taken off, Jordan had already won an MVP defense player of the year. He had already won individual stats. Oh, we can use individual stats. No, I'm saying, but when you say his career took off, on a stratosphere level, mm-hmm. once he won the championship, but it, but but he was already the best player when you know sure. when all the changes were being made. So we got to make sure you look. Yeah, I mean we can say that about LeBron coming out of high school and putting up twenty plus points a game too. I mean it's yeah, but but he, but he wasn't better than Kobe when he came in the league. So mm-hmm. just, no, not necessarily. Kobe was obviously won the MVP that year, but. All I'm saying is when it comes to don't disrespect. I'm not. I'm not saying he came in the league was the best player. Was MJ the best player as soon as he came in the league though? He wasn't the best player. Assuming. That rookie year. He was rookie of the year. He he was was the no, no, I would say it's between Bird and Magic at yeah, that point. No, no. Yeah, it, it, yeah. Well, Bird was the best player yeah, in the Thomas. league because he won the MVP. Yeah. But Jordan was in that top five his rookie season For because sure. obviously he was an all-star. Yeah. And he bought. He I mean, that college why, experience. You know, I'm just, I'm just, I have to just player. say, I'm just so glad we decided to talk NBA <laughs> and my guy Darren. Oh, we're talking. We didn't start an NBA podcast. That's what needs to happen. We need to do a spoken podcast NBA style because we could do this all night long. But unfortunately – we are going to have to move on, man, because we got a lot of still. We got football to talk about. And football's a, a twenty-four hour, twelve-month a year 
conversation, man. I mean, the combine's going on right now. There's well, endless talk about that. Great as we good. But we're gonna take, <laughs> we're gonna take a quick break. When we come back, I want to talk about real quick why Joe Burrow needs to embrace the Bengals because he's going to Cincinnati regardless of what he thinks or feels at this time. And I want to convince him as to why it's actually the best move for him to go to Cincinnati. We'll get back to all that after this. Commandeer is Kansas City's alternative apparel brand. They make unique Kansas City-themed apparel and accessories with an emphasis on counterculture. They're nominated for two Best of KC 2019 awards in the Pitch Magazine and have plenty of designs for both sports fans and anyone else. Find them online at commandeerbrand.com or follow them at Commandeer on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Soft shirts, designed with an edge. it again on the spoken podcast for subject number two i am your host lance twidwell here inside the foolish club studios with my guys trevor twidwell what's going on eddie ortiz yep, yep. and 810's very own darren smith how we doing darren <laughs> like i said we had to start off hot man i wanted to get the pistols warmed up that was a fun that was a fun segment i wish we could keep doing that like i said we have other things to talk about other pressing matters quite frankly the listeners are trying to talk a little football so that's what we're going to get right to and because of the fact that the Combine and the draft and everything like that is coming up, and the Combine actually is in full swing, and the draft's going to be here before we know it, you have to address the guys that are going to come up off the top. And it's largely assumed that the Cincinnati Bengals will take LSU's quarterback Joe Burrow with the first overall pick in the 2020 draft. Mm. And because it's so beyond obvious for many reasons as to why they would and quite frankly should, I want to touch on the other side of this inevitable marriage. Speculation has been spiraling out of control via the media and allegedly Burrow's camp, if you will, in regards to whether he would accept being drafted by the hometown team. Many have suggested that Burrow would in fact refuse to go to Cincinnati and would therefore force their hand in passing on him or drafting him and trading him to another suitor that he and the team sees fit as to make sense for both the team and Burrow himself, much like Eli Manning did back in 2004. But I want to propose a theory as to why actually it's in Joe's Burrow, Joe Burrow's best interest to play for the Bengals. I know that sounds crazy, but hear me out for a second. If you look at the teams following the Bengals in the draft order, you will see the glaring issues and challenges that Burrow would have to face day one that he would not have to force face in Cincinnati. And let's go down that list for a second. Washington has pick number two. Sure, they somehow convinced... A very good head coach in Ron Rivera to take over their embarrassment of a franchise from their incompetent owner, their horrific roster, their name, for Christ's sakes. <laughs> the fact they just drafted a quarterback in last year's draft for the top 15 pick in Haskins. And even though Rivera is a damn good coach, let's be real for a Still second, project. he's a defensive-minded coach that won't be able to provide Burrow with the type of help other young quarterbacks have got early in their careers with offensive-minded head coaches like Mahomes with Andy. Whereas in Cincinnati, whether we know what Zach Taylor is or not, he is an offensive-minded coach, and there is no competition at quarterback, obviously barring an Andy Dalton trade, which I think is inevitable. And then you have the Lions at number three. Matt Stafford isn't going anywhere, in my opinion. And even if he was, do you really want to be the next guy in line trying to carry a franchise that's had even less success than the historic, historically than the Bengals? At least since he has been to the Super Bowl in the last 50 years. And then you have the Dolphins at number five that have warm weather, warm weather, and that's about it. If you're wanting to play in Dan Marino's shadow that still looms large over a disappointing franchise at best, and a division that has rising stars like Sam Darnold and a promising young team in the Bills, and speaking of Bills, 
Bill Belichick and his cameras are still very much in New England, and I'm sure they'd love nothing more than to get a couple more footage tapes on the Bengals' practices with Joe Burrow there. <laughs> and then you have the Chargers at number six, which, let's be honest, makes about as much sense as any of the teams I've listed before. But Patrick Mahomes twice a year? Trying to step into Philip Rivers' shoes, who is by far one of the more underrated and unappreciated quarterbacks of all time, along with having to deal with 10 to 20 players on IR on the annual basis? I would gladly pass if I was Joe Burrow. And this isn't me trying to position the Bengals as the perfect landing spot for Burrow or any young quarterback for that matter. This is me positioning Burrow to make his own path to create his own legacy, much like LeBron was in the Cavs being a kid from Akron. Burrow can be that to the Bengals. Growing up not only three, not even three hours away from their stadium, Joe Burrow can be a god amongst Cincinnati people. Joe Burrow can establish himself as not only a fresh face, but a true franchise quarterback, that franchise that is yet to have to have any success in decades. If I'm Joe Burrow, I am choosing to create my own shadow and take on the challenge of going back home and making the most of what is presented. Create your legacy in your own backyard. Embrace the Bengals, Burrow. What do you guys think, man? Do you guys think that that's what he, how he should handle this situation? Because according to his people and according to a lot of reporters, they're saying that Joe Burrow, there's a chance he might refuse to go to the Cincinnati Bengals. Let's, let's go ahead. Go ahead, Eddie. Uh, he, he was interviewed about two days ago, and he said, whoever drafts me, it's not like I'm not going to not play football. Yeah, that would be a bad look if he just t- totally just dismissed it and didn't show up. That like, isn't, yeah. And so he can pull a John Elway if he wanted to. Uh I mean, Chargers are in need of a quarterback, but I don't know what the Bengals would want to trade or if they even want to pass on them. Or, or I just think uh, Joe Burrow is gonna gonna want to play rather than just you know skip and see who who can pick him up. I'll be out of that. I don't. I don't know. Maybe 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 I maybe I I'm under this Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> so you don't care, right man. Now, just say you don't care. No, no, no. It's not. I don't care. I just. I just don't think he's going to make any difference right. whether he's in Cincinnati or he gets traded. Look, there's no guarantee he's going to get traded to a better situation. I mean, there's a reason why there are, what, uh, uh, 20, uh, 20 some odd teams that don't make the playoffs <laughs> or 20 teams that don't make the playoffs. I mean, and so it doesn't matter. Look, you can you can try to think that you're going to get your way and get down to Carolina, but, you know, Carolina, well, first of all, Cincinnati has to be willing to have a trade partner and that trade partner is going to give them a shitload of, of, uh, mm. you know, of stuff for him. And I just, and to be honest, I don't think he's worth it. So, I mean, if he, right. now I'm not going to lie. If Tua Tungvalu was healthy, I could see that. But Tua That's is the probably, talent. Yeah. yeah, Tua is probably going to go to Miami anyway, but, you know, one year deal. Yeah, I'm just, I'm just not that impressed with the kid. Look, yeah, he had, he had a great season, but again, like you know, like LeBron, like Jordan, like Patrick, you're surrounded by great talent. So if you, if you can't win yeah. with that talent, damn. I mean, yeah. you know, so, so you, you know, so you going to Cincinnati. I mean, he's not going to shock the league or anything. I mean, hell, Kyler Murray was good. I mean, and he was great down in Oklahoma to win a win a Heisman Trophy. But we saw what he did, uh, you know, in Arizona. You know, mm-hmm. it wasn't. Granted, he did enough to win rookie of the year, but it's not really that hard as a quarterback right. and a rookie. But I, I, you know, I'm just, I'm just not impressed with him. Yeah, I mean, it's romantic to think that he could go blaze his own trail in Cincinnati. That just doesn't happen very often in the NFL. Most most players don't just come. And he, I don't think he's a transcendent talent either. I think he's benefited from having a very good coach and a very probably the most talented roster in the NCAA. <laughs> um, but. <laughs> 
And Cincinnati's not a bad. I mean, right. as you mentioned, no, they, it's not. They were in the playoffs. Look, they were the they were they've had the best record in the NFL over the last coach. Year, ten, you know, ten. I think since since two thousand and ten, mm-hmm. uh, I think they were like number six, and and that's in the overall NFL. So I mean, well, you still got Joe Mixon, AJ Green. Yeah, you got I mean, a couple other speedsters on that team, and I think um, I, I do think they're what's his, the coach's name? Um, Zach Taylor. Zach Taylor. Zach I think I think he's a good, bright, offensive minded guy. And I think Burrow would thrive with him possibly because they have the weapons that they have. I think Joe Mixon's an absolute stud. Um, but I, I'm not sure about Burrow and Burrow's talent as an individual. Like Colin Cowherd said it on his show, talking about how the most successful quarterbacks we've seen either land in a really good spot, like Deshaun Watson landed in a good spot with a talented roster. Um, not the greatest coach situation, obviously, but his talent outshines that because he has the, he has a good roster offensively. Um, and he's, well, and he's I, an out, and, outright better and talent. And also, also Cleveland and – yeah, Chicago. They were just dumb enough to pass pass them up. With Absolutely. Just, and then you got like, guys like Lamar Jackson. Obviously, it landed with a great coach, Patrick Mahomes. I mean, you don't even you don't even touch that one. Great coach and roster. Um, so situations matter. Because he had a chance to sit too for you. Yeah, exactly. You know, under a smart, so, intellectual like Alex Smith. Look, and so look, it, to me, my challenge to Joe Burrow would be like, if you that guy, if what what we saw in LSU, right. you that guy. Go to Cincinnati and, and and with the talent get because look, you can get traded or go go to go to uh, go go to Carolina. Mm-hmm. There's no guarantee that you're going to be successful down there, right? I mean, they had they, they had Cam, you know. What I mean, and, and they haven't been successful uh, since they went to the Super Bowl. So, I mean, there's no guarantee. And, and to be honest, if I'm a veteran, I'm gonna feel a certain kind of way where you think that you're gonna call the shots, mm-hmm. bro. I'm I'm coming after you. Absolutely. Yeah, and who wants a guy coming in with that kind of attitude? Off, obviously, especially at that that position, you know, leading the team, you don't. That's a bad start. Yeah, last year, was, it was a chip. Look, right. be like Baker Mayfield had a chip on your shoulder. Yeah, that's working. You gonna well. go up against the wrong one? They gonna yeah. knock it off for you. <laughs> yep. Let's move, let's move this real quick, and, and and this is gonna actually hit more home. And we've talked about this a couple times. We actually talked about this the last time Darren was on the show. It feels like forever ago. Hmm. And and boy, we we have been absolutely in the minority with this one over the last couple months. And 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 we even like I said, we touched on this with Darren last time. Uh, we we made. I was the first to bring it up on my show. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We we made it very we made it very well known that we would love to see the Chiefs and Cremont kiss and make up, and we have <sighs> putting it mildly have received rather spirited responses on the Chiefs <laughs> the side of the Chiefs fans, and, and not wanting the same. And look, I, quite frankly, I get it. I get that Cream has had, Cream has had his issues issues that got him where he's at. Quite frankly, a uh, Cleveland Brown without a ring. <laughs> That he should have been here with the Chiefs. I get that he has real problems internally, and I get that there are valid trust issues. I understand all that. But what matters most to both the team and fan base is if can you play and are you more liked than not liked by your coaches and teammates? There is no debate that Kareem Hunt can play football on an extremely high level. Leading the league in rushing in 2017 and scoring 14 touchdowns through 11 games in 2018, Kareem is without question, a top-tier running back and is only 24 years old. Off-field issues aside, have you heard one negative thing from Chiefs players and coaches about Kareem Hunt? I mean, there you answer that for me, but I I have not personally heard anything. All we've heard is how much team leaders, how much the team leaders like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey love Kareem Hunt. And as I've stated on this show before, I have a hard time believing Believing that they, the players, would be against a Kareem Hunt reunion because they know that Kareem Hunt checks both boxes above. He can ball, and he's beloved. There are still many Chiefs fans that would love 
and would get behind the idea of him returning to KC because a good number of Chiefs fans saw the difference between the offense that had Kareem Hunt and the offense that didn't. And sure, the Chiefs could and probably will draft a running back and will sign another veteran. Sure, Damian Williams will be back, and he deserves his respect. We praise that dude all the time on the show. But even with all those possibilities and probabilities acknowledged, Kareem still fits this roster and has a place on this team. And if off-field issues is all that keeps us from the reunion, then I'm willing to take that risk because this team has such a strong nucleus leading the way, a nucleus that would wrap their arms around a troubled yet talented and young individual like Kareem, bringing him back into the fold and allowing him to regain what he once lost. I love a good comeback story. I think we all do. I love movies that show a man that hits rock bottom and finds his way back to the top. Casey might be far from Hollywood, but that shouldn't stop them from creating and directing their own redemption story. And Kareem Hunt is their chance to do that. And earlier this week when the news came out that the Browns planned to tender Kareem Hunt, I suggested that the Chiefs send a mid-round pick, preferably a fourth-round pick, to Cleveland in exchange for the Browns' backup running back. And once again... Chiefs fans got me on that one as well. And so naturally, I decided to look up the players that Andy Reid has taken in Kansas City in the fourth round since 2013. Can I give you as a list real quick? Is that all right with you guys? Okay. Linebacker, Nico Johnson. Running back, DeAnthony Thomas. Linebacker, Rameek Wilson. Offensive lineman, Parker Ingerger. Defensive back, Eric Murray. Wide receiver, Demarcus Robinson. Wide receiver, Jehu Chesson. And defensive back, Armani Watts. Real quick, guys, which of those are you going to give up or not willing to give up to get Kareem Hunt back? All of them together. <laughs> yeah. Real quick, I mean, which, deal. which of them are you not willing to part with in order to get Kareem Hunt back on this offense? Well, I take Kareem Hunt over all of them, but uh, I, mean, I would like Demarcus Robinson. It's a no brainer. The, yeah. the, the point I want to make in all this, and I want to get your guys' thoughts on this too, obviously, is. The, is I know it sounds far-fetched. I get that. And it probably will not happen, as we've talked about before. Probably not. But if you look at this the way it's all illustrated, and the fact that I didn't even mention the fact, and we all know this as well, that Andy Reid is the coach of second chances. I know that he was, he was lied to and that burns him up. You brought that point up. That's a valid it's a point. different angle. But of it, yeah. this isn't – I don't believe this is something that can't be reconciled. It's not something that they cannot work through, especially when, again, what matters the most at the end of the day is can the man play football and does the team love the guy? If those two te- those two two things check out, I don't see how it can't work out. You guys, let me know what you do. Think you think, about this. Do you think it's worth it if he continues with his off 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 the field issues? I absolutely do, and the reason why is this: because they can afford to take that risk. If he does the things he does again, you let him go. What do you lose? Okay, like you I won said, the Super Bowl with well, that. Like I brought it up last time with Andy Reid. Andy Reid's brought in a lot of guys for second chances of, of second chances of things that no, were not previous. Uh, offenders to him personally. There were second chances of them, their their uh, issues elsewhere, yeah, yeah. and him bringing them in. Yep. This is this would be a second chance of him giving someone a second chance for, for from what they did to him the first time, and right. giving them a second chance to him personally again. That's a little different. And I don't, I, I just don't know if Andy Reid's the. I know he's a very personal guy. He's a he's a player's coach, but I just don't know if he's willing to put his reputation out there again for someone who already burned him personally sure, that's, that's different like the to situation mike vick those were never his guys before he brought them in for a second chance so this one feels a little different because there's some personal vendetta there <laughs> towards him actually being bald-faced lied to by kareem and then obviously he's still continuing having issues getting arrested you know and, and intoxicated and having weed and all this and i just don't know if he's worth the drama to mess up this locker room I'm not saying he will mess up this locker room because obviously the guys love him and they would welcome him back with open arms i just don't know if i want to mess up the nucleus here well, <laughs> you know, I, so first yeah. of all, I think, you know, since, since I think I was one 
maybe the first even brochure's topic of bringing us bringing them back. I would love to have him back. I, I would look. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I, you know, I understand why he lied. Mm. Motherfucker was scared for sure. Because one, he probably a I, kid too. Well, no, nah, I'm not gonna say he's a kid because he was he was a dog. Well, he I, fucked up. His people around him should have kept his ass in the for room. Sure. If you, if you know, look, yeah, that, yeah. that 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 that's that's kind of going back. But I will say this. I'm sure he didn't know there was cameras, or didn't pay attention, or didn't didn't think there were cameras, or something would be would be would be released. But that being said, look, man, we've all got trouble. We've all been like, tell us the truth. You lie right, both dead in your face, mm. and you hope they don't find out. And then they do, you're like, oh god, please don't let me get fired. Mm. And it, it may happen, it may not. Yeah. I mean, so we've been in a situation why? Because we're either embarrassed, we're afraid, we're scared, we don't know if we tell you the truth how you're going to take it. So I mean, look, I, so. I haven't been in trouble to that extent, but shit, I've done stuff where I'm like, man, I, God, please don't let me get busted. <laughs> where, sure. you know, okay, I ain't got busted or I did get busted. Like, fuck, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah. So I don't have a problem. I, 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 not that I don't have a problem because I, I don't want to make excuses for it, but I understand why he, why he lied uh, because he was afraid, you know, mm-hmm. and, he, and he didn't, he didn't, he didn't know. Uh, I don't want to say he didn't know, but he, he was just afraid of what would happen had he told the truth. You tell the truth, maybe they can do something about it. Maybe okay, what well, we did, you know, we did. But look, the Chiefs, they still did a rush to judgment because that's why Tyreek Hill didn't get didn't right. get cut after after all that stuff that came out initially about him and the kids because they saw well, and, and what ended up happening. The reason why they didn't cut him because they didn't want him getting picked up right away by, mm-hmm. by the Browns and then let the Browns deal with it. Like, well, damn, Patriots, they, yeah, they, yeah. So, <laughs> so that's that's my reason. Then also look. I'm with you. I'm with you. Look, if you if you bring them back, I know that the players will surround them. The team, as well as the players, they will have something in place to kind of you know keep him from getting into trouble, so to speak. Whether it's maybe 24 hour security, hell, he can move in with me just so I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, right, right. Okay, because like, bro, I don't want you fucking this up. Because and and you know, you talk about the arrest and stuff that took place. Mm. Man, the man was a, he was depressed because he feel like he should have been a part of that team, and he knows not that's he, not warranted. Yeah, 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 I'm yeah. saying, had he not fucked up, they would probably be defending the Super Bowl title. It's in Cleveland for Christ's sake. I'm yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So yeah. look, I'm upset at the man because. He to me not even D four, but this dude cost us a trip to the Super Bowl because sure. look the Patriots they were able to shut down Travis Kelsey as well as uh, as Tyree. He killed the Patriots. But but yeah. if you but if you got Hunt here, the problem is, and I keep trying to explain to people, the offense is being is 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 changed is 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 different when he's in the game versus when Damian Williams oh, in the game. So when Damian Williams in the game, yeah, you become more of a passing offense. But with him in the game, you gotta you got a balanced offense where you even the Patriots don't know like, what the yeah. hell are we gonna do because there's too there's too many weapons. And so we saw we kind of saw what happened when you know when, when the running game and Patrick kind of got hurt uh, uh this past season. Hmm. Yeah, granted the end result was good because everyone was healthy at the end. But I really think that when you when you when you have and man, I go back and watching that game in, in, in LA. I'm telling you, it's one thing to see it on television. Yeah. It's another to see that stuff in person. When you got Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, uh, 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 Kareem Hunt, and Patrick, and then look, we ain't talking about what the uh, uh, buyer, uh, I don't know uh, Chris Conley did in that game, but just those four right there. There was at least 11, 12 possessions. We scored 51 points in a 60-minute ball game. Granted, the team, other scores scored 54. But that's 105 points in 60 minutes. 
do you know the team didn't even come close to that this year? I think the most they made did was maybe the first game, forty, uh, points, yeah. 40 points or whatever. But it's like, I mean, that it's it's hard to replicate that. They did that shit with ease last yeah. uh, last year with, with Kareem before before he got kicked off the team. Yeah, I mean, and so and and if you have that with this defense. Come on, man. Oh, yeah. As a fan, yeah. As a fan, we want to That's what I'm talking about. It's it's, it's a low-risk, high-reward type of situation. Yes, there is going to be conflict. There's going to be controversy with it attached. But nothing is going to outweigh if he comes in and balls out like we know he can. No one's going to be talking about the controversy. And and here's the thing. Because you won the Super Bowl, you Mm. bought yourself some good Exactly. For sure. Like when you you say, like, if he fucks up again, what is the cost? There is nothing. Eddie, I want to get your thoughts on this real quick, man, because I don't see the negative. We'll be be a draft pick, you know, whatever you sign up for, because I think he's going to be tender restricted. Yes. So So you have to give up maybe a low draft pick, but whatever. Yes. I mean, my my, my only concern with this whole situation is just this off-field issues. Uh, instead of talking about getting him traded, getting him here, getting him playing, getting him, you know, first of all, we have to get this guy help because he's he mentally in that last traffic stop mentally he was not all there. Yeah, you know he was struggling with depression, and you know depression's a bitch and yeah. can lead to some dark places. Get this man some help, then we can talk about probably bringing him in and all that. But let's let's focus on getting him some some help first. And then we can talk about this whole. You can do both. <laughs> and, and there might not be a better. There might, not, there might not be a better locker room well, in the NFL my, for yeah, him. Yeah, well, here's my here's my question to you, Eddie, on that regard because that's very valid. That is totally understandable, and I am with you on it. How how is it any different though than anybody that works a normal job that's dealing with those same types of things? They don't stop working; they still seek help. So unless you have to actually go to a place, a facility, a place like that where you don't have to focus on the rest of your life and that's all you focus on, which I don't know if that's necessarily what Kareem's or Kareem's at because he still did play football throughout the entire when he when he was you know off of his suspension. So I know it looks bad and I get it looks bad and, it, and obviously it, got, it cost him his job in Kansas City and cost him a ring. And to Darren's point, it could have cost us two. Two the point, though, is is that it's not too late for him to be able to continue what he's doing and still deal with the things he's dealing with off the field is what I'm saying. I don't know if it's at the place where he has to focus but, on one or the other. No, but, but at the same time, do we know if he's 100% committed to the game right now? I mean, his comments to the cop was, I mean, he's he's not even talking about the, the situation. He's talking about, I should be playing in the Super Bowl. That's, so you know football's on his mind. Yeah, but he's talking out of depression, though. He's, he's talking about... Sure. I should have been there. I fucked up. Right. You started hitting, getting all those, you know, depressing moments. Mm-hmm. So now you're getting deeper into that. Yeah. So is the context was still football. healthy to play football yeah. while getting that help? Yeah. That's that's just. And I don't want to play Mr. Psychologist here. I, I don't. I, know. Yeah. We don't know exactly don't what know. goes on in his mind. We don't. I don't know what goes on in your yeah, guys. I mean, we've seen like idea. Josh Gordon as well. A similar situation sure. where he couldn't, you know, control sure. himself to with his habits and his, you know, off field. I just, I just want to. All I'm saying is, is that my heart does go out for the kid because I do believe that he, to his core, is a good person. I do believe that he's obviously an incredible talent. I don't want to see a life and a career be wasted upon what could have been. I don't want him to be that guy. And I feel like if the Chiefs are willing to give that opportunity, he will benefit them on the field, and they could be what ultimately could save him. That's what I'm – because he wants to be here. He was at home. He's from Cleveland. He's from that area, and he wants to be here. 
That's what I feel like would give him fulfillment. No, I, I get it. Yeah. But my question to you would be, would the Chiefs want that controversy? But again, that, that's just the, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. My point though is, is I don't think that the controversy outweighs anything that he brings. Because you're going to tell me right, I, I've been to training camp they for the last the decade. Will. Yes. I mean, so 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 everything's going to good. Kansas City, look, if, look. First of all, they'll be able to just. First of all, people in Kansas City, the media, yeah. Look, first of all, will. Well, most of me will bloviate and, and be on a high horse. I'm gonna be like, the fuck y'all talking about? Like, this is this makes the team better, you know? I mean, they'll they'll say, oh, they, you know, they'll, they'll know why they did it, but then Hashtag when they get on the air, yeah, but you know, but when they get on the air, get in front of the camera or a microphone, yeah, they'll they'll talk shit. But I'm like, but then be somebody like me call them out, like, yeah, full of shit. So this is a good move, and I and I was best for here. Here's thing too. After all the moves, they, you know, we, we talked about it. Go, go, go get Patrick Peterson. Go get Jalen Ramsey, blah, blah, blah. And Brett Veach didn't do anything during during the season except with the exception of getting uh, uh, Suggs uh, off the waiver wire. If Brett Veach and Andy, they decide to go out to, after what they did last year, I would say at least they've earned our trust to be able to, you know, depend on the moves that they make, let them make it. And if they bring them back, you know, I'll support him, and I'll be I'll stand on, I'll be the first one out there, you know, uh, taking the fire for him, you know, because I'm like, no doubt. that's shit, my suggestion, but I'm like, yeah, yeah. Man, go, go ahead and bring him back. Yeah. Just my question with the whole controversy was, is because the past of what we've seen with the Chiefs and how they dealt with controversy, they, they've gotten away with that kind of situation. They're like, oh, we don't want to be part of that. Mm. Get rid of it. Moving yeah. forward, they might want to continue well, that trend. Well, 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 when you say that, I, I'm, I'm presuming that you mean like Larry Johnson era and, and that's something, but, but you get Culture. Them, just yeah. different regimes that were here. I now, think you're also talking about Marcus Peters, too, Marcus, correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I mean, what really, uh, well, <laughs> we can I revisit that one. Yeah, always, I, I, I always <laughs> is. Kind that of was the biggest just, bullshit of them all. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. But, but you know, you look, I mean, because here's the thing with Tyreek Hill. It was all about it, you know. It was all about that child endangerment stuff, you know, or whether or not he broke well, the, the kid's mystery up. behind it. Yeah. yeah. And so, you know, but Tyreek was able to convince you, you know, <laughs> enough that hey, what me is the lie, lie, lie that you all decide. Okay, we are gonna wait, and because yeah, you look, you, you tell him he can't show up to a facility or training or whatever. Okay, he just trained at a Luther's camp, and right, you know right, he's right. chilling. So <laughs> hey, he ain't taking no incident, so he's good. Right. And the league clears him, and then everything is. I mean. Look, he has paid his penance. The league suspended him. He did that. You know, he's not. I, I don't think he's going to get in trouble with with what took place in the in the, in the traffic stop because I don't think I don't think anything really came of it. So, I mean, right now, yeah, okay, he got pulled over. Fuck, there's a lot of players that get pulled over and shit. So, okay, but that, but what he did, he's, he got suspended. He served his time. Come in with a new slate. That's, that's, awesome. that's what we'd love to see. And yeah. if you guys disagree, I mean, I totally understand and we get it, but that's, that's... Really get your head out your ass. <laughs> yeah, right. You're wrong. So we're going to leave it there. If you have any comments, uh, hit us up on Twitter at the spoken pod, uh, and you can join us on our Facebook group at the spoken, but we're, like I said, we're going to leave it there because we got something else we want to talk about chiefs related. Uh, I want to talk to you guys about why Patrick Mahomes is chasing rings, not money. I know that sounds like a common sense theme, but it might not actually be because it actually has to be addressed. We'll get back to all that after this. Visit Local Foundry in downtown Lee Summit, Eastern Jackson County's biggest selection of local made and inspired goods. They carry apparel, jewelry, prints, decor, and more. The store is also filled with various vintage finds. Come and see us on Market Street. 
Back at it again on the Spoken Podcast for segment number three. I'm your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the Foolish Club studios with my guys Trevor Twidwell, Eddie Ortiz, and 810's very own Darren Smith. How we doing tonight, guys? Great. I like to hear. That's what I like to hear. It's been a fun show so far. We've we've really gone across the board. Started the show with NBA. I don't know if we've done that since, I'm talking like early last summer. And I don't even know if we did that because the whole Tyree Kill thing was going on. So who knows, man, if we've ever even started the show with NBA talk. But we did it tonight, and I do not have any regrets when it comes to that at all because we love talking NBA off off camera for sure. I know Trevor and I like to do that for sure. But we're going to keep doing that throughout the, like I said, off season. But let's talk a little more Chiefs. I I, I really want to talk about this one in particular because – it, it, there's there's so many layers to what is going on when it comes to Patrick Mahomes. I, I've never been one that can properly quantify the proper amount of credit Brett Veach is due to the successes of the Chiefs, and it's largely due to the fact that we all know that Andy Reid runs this shit. But one thing I've always admired and credit Veach for is his ability to be transparent, despite working for a franchise that prides themselves on being a privately ran organization. Well, earlier this week, Brett Veach was posed a question, a few questions rather, regarding Patrick Mahomes and his looming NFL record-breaking contract extension. And during an appearance on PFT Live from the scouting combine, General Manager Brett Veach said that the team is still working out the best path to securing a long future with Mahomes. Quote, I think the cool thing about Pat and his agent is they realize he's going to make a lot of money. No one operates in the sense of taking the extreme team discount, but Pat is also very cognizant of wanting to be in a place like Kansas city and win a lot of super bowls. There are some things to help the team to make sure there's always a talent. There's always talent around him. It'll take time, but it'll get done. Veach said that statement to me tells me something. Few statements in the NFL or sports circles in general tells me, and that's the truth. I believe Brett Veach. I truly believe that Mahomes' ultimate motivation and driving force is how many rings he can win. Well, of course, Lance, that's what drives him. How is, how is that news? Well, let's, let's be honest here for a second. How many of us work at our job because it simply pays us a steady paycheck? We all know that money is what drives a lot of us to continue to work. I'm not saying that there aren't those of us that work out there to be the best at what we do, to master our craft, because I know they exist. I'm sitting next to one Darren Smith. But the majority of us live, a majority of us live for a payday. But that isn't who I believe Patrick Mahomes is. And it's because of many factors. Primarily and honestly, it's because Mahomes didn't grow up broke. Along with knowing and understanding the life of a pro athlete before he become one himself, also comes with the financial security. And unlike most pro athletes, money wasn't a pressing matter for Patrick. Also, Patrick knows and understands the endorsement money is what pays you better than any NFL contract could in totality. Yes, the total dollar amount in his next contract will look like it can never be outdone. But it's the guaranteed dollars that we have to focus on. And with Adidas, State Farm, Hunts, Oakley, Head & Shoulders, DirecTV, and even local endorsements like hy V will be what pays him his, quote, living cash, if you will. Many other millionaire athletes like Shaq and Gronkowski have often stated that they've never touched a check they've collected from playing sports. I see Mahomes as the exact same type of athlete. He knows his worth, and he knows that winning is what keeps his worth at an all-time high, which is why I know, and I mean I know, that that if his contract comes between him and winning, that he will choose winning. And how do you continue winning in team sports? You maintain a winning team, which is why we love, we, we have suggested that maybe, just maybe, 
Patrick Mahomes holds off another offseason before taking off the inevitable payday in order to help the team keep and grab free agent acquisitions like, I don't know, Chris Jones and Sammy Watkins? And make no mistake about it, there will be a massive risk in spending those dollars regardless if it's going to Patrick's bank account or to those coveted free agents. Which brings me to my next point, the Chris Jones risk. There is this fear of being strapped in cap space. That's a valid fear when you're a team trying to grow a Super Bowl franchise roster or championship roster, I should say. But the Chiefs already have that roster. I'd much rather have money problems than winning problems. And assuming that the 21 cap, 2021 cap is at $210 million, the Chiefs will have more than $59 million in cap space. Mahomes probably takes up at least 35 of that, per se, depending on how much his contract is structured. You pay Chris Jones 18, that number goes, that goes up down the road. Sign your draft picks and have zero cap space and no free for your agents. Now, you can cut guys like Laurent Duvernay Tardif and Alex Okafor to clear about $13 million in cap space. Those are replaceable players. That lets you sign one or two more bottom-tier free agents that have a tiny reserve deal with injuries. It's doable. Everything is flexible. We always talk about funny money. So when we talk about the fear of cap and we talk about the inevitable contract and things of these na- this nature, we're not putting in the fact that Patrick Mahomes' main focus is to win. And I do believe that he's going to do his contract. Everybody talks about this team-friendly deal. That's not what's going to happen. Mm. It's the, the team-friendly part is, does he wait another offseason? That's going to be what helps the team. It isn't going to be the amount of dollars. The amount of dollars is going to break the bank. It's going to be the greatest contract we've ever seen in the NFL. For sure. Until the next one. Until the next (laughs) one, exactly. Until the next guy gets his. But the point remains that Patrick Mahomes' focus is not to get that contract. It's to say, hey, what can I do with my money in order to help us keep these guys? You you think for a second, guys, he doesn't want to keep Chris Jones? You don't think because you can't just replace guys like that who or what is he second in the league in sacks since he's been in the I league? I think everybody in that locker room must keep Chris Jones. Absolutely, he's one of the strongest personalities in there. Um, and to ride the wave of that narrative you're kind of building there, the hypothetical situation, it definitely seemed like this Super Bowl. I know I'm not taking anything away from Pat or any other player that was out there that contributed to the Super Bowl ring. It definitely felt like this ring was Andy's, and I feel like the next time around will be Patrick's ring. And I feel like maybe, you know, if that narrative is that if he does ride that, and, and since he's been here, since he's been the start, he's preached nothing. When Even when they made that first promo video for his first season when he went 50 and 5,000, he was preaching dynasty. He was to his promo video to the to their new rooks that were coming in from that first draft class. Hey, welcome to Kansas City. Let's build a dynasty, 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 dynasty. So if that's what he's, his passion is, which he's made it very clear, and just like he made it very clear at the parade that, you know, when I came here, I wanted to win this for, for the Hunt family. And I wanted to bring this, get this trophy for the best coach of all time and Andy Reid. He made it very clear that it wasn't about like his personal goal. So maybe this second time around is his personal goal to make it, you know, this is, this one's mine, you know, the second time around, or, you know, maybe we're talking third, fourth, fifth time around. Those will be, those would be Pat's accolades, not taking away the first one, obviously it's still his, but that was definitely the, the team's goal to get that for Andy. So that, that was the overwhelming feeling of this one. But yeah, I mean, it, it if he, if he takes the money, I'm not I'm not mad about it either. And if he and if he goes the route to where we can keep everyone around, build this dynasty, and you know he can maybe settle for the, the even bigger payday the next time around, I'm all for it as well. Either way, I'm happy because we have the best player in the NFL. But his decision is his his decision. He is getting paid handsomely, probably from all these sponsors. Um, but yeah, if we can find a way, if he, I'm sure, like you said, don't you think he wants to keep Chris Jones around? I guarantee you, he does because that helps him as well, and that you know that keeps the the defense. You know where it is uh, and dominating in that that aspect. So, 
yeah, I mean, I hope that's the route that he takes personally as a, as a, as a selfish fan, because I want to keep everybody in the, this group as this core together as much as possible. But if you, like I said, if he goes the other way and he wants his hit, he wants to grab the bag all four, man. Cause he's my guy. So I'll say this. Uh, I think we can blame Tom Brady for us even having this discussion. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. If, asshole. If he, <laughs> you know, cause if he, if he, if he wasn't taking less than market value, right. Then we wouldn't be having this discussion. However, it worked out for New England, but they were cutting, you know, but they were getting rid of players before before they could get too old there. So, I mean, that's getting some under the table stuff. You know it. The whole TV twelve thing always just reeked of is weird. Some some money going through. I mean, it. there's a cesspool over there, man. Who let's not, let's the not be, let's not be Fox Boulder here, but you know, yeah. I, 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 I want to believe. Man. I want to believe. I'm gonna I'm I'm be a on, on, on that. <laughs> Tell us your secrets, man. Come on. But, you if but if you're Patrick, see the thing is, you know, you can sign for whatever you sign. The, the question is, how much of it is real money? Is mm. guaranteed money? Most of that is going to come. Well, he's going to set the standard for the next guys underneath him too. Well, yeah. So so you know, here's the thing. Nothing's going to get done before the start of the season, you know. What I mean, right. they'll, they'll, they'll look and see they the landscape Chris of yeah. Chris Jones and what they do with Sammy Watkins, and then sure. of course free agents that are out there. And who do you, you know, because you can you can cut, uh, you know, players and for, just resign them yeah. for 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 smaller contracts, mm-hmm. you know, because again that that's what Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins has dead weight, but if you but if he if he re- renegotiates and you can just get him for that seven million dollars. There's no sense in cutting him. You know, I mean, if he plays for seven million, you just restructure that contract, and you got the extra fourteen million that you can do whatever with that goes on top of whatever your salary cap is right now. And then, of course, you know the salary cap will go up forty percent uh, anyway. So that's that's additional money. So you know, but but you look at, but then you just start. Then you got to put on a, on a whiteboard. Offense, defense, special teams, I guess, and just, you know, who are your free agents? They, I think they got like 18, 19, or 20 of them. And just are, uh, of of matter of importance, who do you see staying? What type of contract? What type of money is it going to take to keep them? Let them walk, see who, who, who goes out and gets them. And then who else is out there as a free agent? That you know you can bring in in place of them again. You know, as a you know, look, we're talking about running backs, Kareem Hunt. You know, I mean, you can get them for the cheap. Uh, when it relates to Patrick, look, if Patrick signs something, it's it's going to well. Patrick is going to wait to to see what Dak Prescott and uh, and Deshaun Watson. Once Deshaun Watson signs, and he'll sign after right. after uh, uh, after Prescott. Then then once Watson signs, then you see Patrick. Either side or, or or wait till some you know later on in the season or after the season to break the bank because look he could sign now forty million dollars but then by the time next year comes around shit he probably could have got fifty million dollars because if if you think about it Dak Prescott if the Cowboys would have signed him last year right after the third season oh man look you played great boom boom right. we're gonna reward you you could have got it for twenty five million dollars now you go now now you gonna cost yourself damn near an extra seventy five million dollars because you didn't sign him then and you waited you know and look you, you, you know and so so you you set the market after after each contract and so you know with Jared Goff and then you know Russell yeah. Wilson and then yeah you know so it it's easy to jump. Nobody is going to question whatever Patrick signs for, whether right. he signs for over two hundred million or if he, you know, and, and I think he will get the number two hundred because it just looks good. You get fifty percent of the franchise, yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> but the but the thing, you know, I like that. yeah, I, I think he'll get five years, two hundred million, one hundred and fifty million guaranteed. Mm. But 
again, you can always, you know, you know, once, you know, basically you want to get to that first year. So that first year is, is where all that hard money, most of it's going to come from. For sure. But then, you know, but then you just prorate it out and, you know, you just start doing funny, funny math with that salary cap and you can, you know, you can do, I mean, look at, uh, I mean, you know, the Patriots and, and, and then also players are going to want to take less just to come to get a chance to win a no Super Bowl. No doubt. And, you That's know, the best part about it. Now, you don't, but you don't want to get into that habit because, you know, I mean, you don't want your quarterback eating up all your salary cap, and you and, you, and now you're nickel and diamond trying to protect them, trying yeah. to get you know the weapons because you know Tyreek's yeah. got his stuff because you got to pay Travis because you got to really because see I think he's gonna get paid. He deserves more. He's getting yeah. So you know, so you got you got to take care of him in some and manner. Mitchell Swartz and Eric Fisher yeah. will be up yep. after 2021. They're gonna have things to do, but if you even look like around the league. Um, you're, you're talking about some of the top quarterbacks, top paid quarterbacks in the league. Everybody talks about, well, once you pay that guy, you're going to have to start stripping your team down. That's not even close to the truth because of the fact that you look at Drew Brees, who was one of the highest paid quarterbacks over the last several years. The Saints well, the had one of the best rosters. The, the key is, is, that, is that you have to try to win with the quarterback on their rookie deal. Yes, Russell Wilson sure. is the best success because he's been to two Super Bowls and won one. Patrick Mahomes has done it. Now, within these next two, 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 two years, two, three years, Lamar Jackson has to try to try sure. to advance into Sean Watson. Yeah, you, uh, have, as to, well. you so. have a tale of both sides because you're right about that. But like I said, you talk about Drew Brees, who's had a lot of success throughout his last several 10 to 15 years. He's, he wasn't on a rookie deal at one point with the Saints because he never got drafted by them. Then you have uh, Aaron Rodgers, not on a rookie deal. Right. $100 million guaranteed to win to the NFC Championship. Right. Jimmy Garoppolo, one of the highest paid quarterbacks in the league, just went to the Super Bowl. So my point in bringing that up is, is that there is this facade that once Patrick gets paid, well, you can't pay Chris Jones, you can't pay these guys. That's not true. Because of the fact that not only is the salary cap going right. up every year, That's this new CBA right is going to have a higher salary cap. Mm-hmm. The point also is the fact that you're also looking at it from market value. If you have a guy that's at a market value, yes, if he isn't what you think he should be at market value, you don't pay him. If Chris Jones wasn't as great as he is, we're not even sitting here talking about paying him. You said you got what you got out of him. Now let him go get paid somewhere else. Mm. But because of the fact that this guy is what market value says he is as far as value, actual on-field value, and he's 25 years old, he was a significant part of why you won a Super Bowl. It is a common sense move. And he was handpicked by this franchise, and too. the that's, best part that's about it, Trevor, you said it earlier, is the fact that we have the best quarterback in the NFL, the best player in the NFL, so you can literally pick and choose who you think is valuable? If, if Sammy Watkins doesn't, even if let's say he's willing to come down to eleven million dollars a year or ten million dollars a year, the Chiefs can still say we still have the leverage even at that mark because of the fact this is the most talented wide receiving draft class we've probably had in two decades. So they can say we're not signing you, Sammy. We're going to go take your upgrade and in the, in the third or fourth round at nine million less. Mm-hmm. That's well, what I'm well, saying. Like, like Sammy. Sammy's guaranteed portion is up, so yeah. I mean right. it, it was only for three years. So he got he got the the bulk of his money. And he, that's why he couldn't be cut. This exactly. Um, but you know, it, you know, at, at the end of the day, I, I think it you know I think it becomes a situation where you know really the enemy is a salary cap, and and that that's what it is. It's not a matter whether the Chiefs want to keep Chris Jones now. The thing is, the players or the NFLPA, they could have negotiated getting rid of the salary cap. I mean, that's something you, that's collectively bargained. Mm. If you don't have a salary cap, then we're not having this discussion. And now, but 
you know, it becomes a situation where, because you got to remember, he didn't have a salary cap at one time. That's how Washington was signing Deion Sanders and all these players to these big-ass contracts, but they just weren't any good. But, again, that kind of falls on the coach and stuff like that. If you didn't have a salary cap that was uh, – if the salary cap was out of this new CBA agreement, the Chiefs, because players would want to play with Patrick, you would you would see more players coming into Kansas City, and then it would become an unfair situation. Yeah, that's why the, the salary cap thing – I mean, they're always going to have – it's going to continue to rise – but it's it's not ever going to just be like baseball where you know because like you said it's just unfair. That's why the Yankees have twenty seven World Series is because of the fact. Yeah, you're talking about the location. Yeah, Go ahead, so, yeah I was just going to talk about you guys are bringing up the the no salary cap and all that. It's kind of like what they do in Europe. They call it the the, the fair play. Yep. You have a fair play. What that is pretty much is soccer teams cannot spend more than the than what they bring as an institution. Meaning shirt sales, ticket sales. Anything that they bring in, they can pretty much spend on, on, on the players they want, on the team, on the roster, build up all you want. That's pretty much how they do it. That, that's pretty much, the, I guess you can say their salary cap, but it's really not. Because if you're bringing all that money, you can afford anything yeah. you want in that in that team. So that's why big teams like Real Madrid, Barcelona, Chelsea, Manchester United, Manchester City are able to bring these guys without having to worry about a salary gap or anything. So... I mean, I wouldn't mind if, if, if the NFL went a little bit of that route to where let the team spend what they bring in pretty much. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, obviously, they, they will still make profit because they're not going to have all that money being put into contracts. So Yeah, I agree. That's a good point. I mean, like I said, the, the new CBA is going to really define how things go for uh, teams that are trying to build a Super Bowl roster. But like I said earlier, the Chiefs have the best – problems money problems are the best problems to have in the info because if you have if your your problems aren't winning if winning is not your problem you're in the best situation possible you can work with money problems but if you can't get a, a winning product on the field that is a real dilemma in this league because then money starts to become even more of a negative thing because you're going to lose revenue streams you're going to we've seen it at arrowhead not even just a little over not even a decade ago in 2012, that place was desolate. There was, you know, 25, 35,000 people in those stands sometimes. It was so ugly, not even a decade ago. But you get a winning product out there, all of a sudden you're looking at a team that's packing the house, how, packing the house out in the Super Bowl. Things change that quickly, man. And if you keep your, your, your key assets like Chris Jones, yes, who will be expensive, but spending the money is necessary in order to do those things. I try to tell people this all the time. You cannot replicate what the Patriots did because of the fact that that is a unique situ- situation beyond situations. You can talk about the cheating scandals and all that things, all those things aside. The entire situation was so unique from their division to their coaching to their quarterback taking less money to the way they just ran things. You can't expect your franchise to do things the way the Patriots did because it's never going to happen again that way. So you have to do things according to how you built it and how you won in the first place. Yes, you're not going to be able to win the same way when it comes to Patrick Mahomes because he's going to be more expensive, but you still have the same player. So in order for you to win, you have to continue to build upon what you have. And forgive me for not feeling like you're building upon it when you lose assets that you should keep. I don't see how you build. Yes, there is a chance that the Chiefs can go out there and draft a guy that could be close to Chris Jones. But there's also a very good chance that you whiff on him completely. You can get yourself another Breland Speak. So they trade it up for. That's my point. I don't want to see that happen. I'd like to keep the guys that I know are in a position to win and are in a position to give us 
the best chance to win. He's 25 years old. I've said this 100 times. If Chris Jones was 28, 29 years old, I wouldn't even entertain this. I say, you know what? We got his best years out of the way. He plays in a position where at best, and if you're lucky, you can play five to six years. Look at Dontari Poe. Had an awesome early part of his career. His back went out, and he was never the same player. That could happen to Chris Jones, and I'm willing to take that risk at this age. Absolutely. Not willing to take that risk later in his 20s. That's why I believe the Chiefs are going – I be- I really do believe. And I don't have I'm – not, I'm not sitting here loaded with a bunch of inside sources, but everything leads me to believe because of the way that the Chiefs have talked about him. And, again, with the transparency of Brett Beach, I believe him when he says the things that he says. I do believe when he says he wants to keep Sammy Watkins and Chris Jones in town, he will do everything in his power. Will Sammy Watkins be back? I don't think so. Personally, in my personal opinion, even though he doesn't have a lot of leverage around the league with this wide receiving class coming out, I still do believe there's going to be somebody that's going to be willing to pay him a little bit more. The Chiefs will either cut him or take him out. Uh, Like I said, there's just so much we can still unfold with all this. The point, though, is in all of it, and I think you guys would all agree with me, Chris Jones is the number one key asset in this offseason. I'm not talking – we can speculate on guys outside of Kansas City they can try to bring in, and we'll gladly do that. But we have a guy in-house right now that we need to make sure we take care of first and foremost. That's where I leave it. So we're going to take a quick break. Um, We're going to be getting to the Monday mailbag in a second, but first – we're going to get Eddie a little bit of an opportunity to talk about where we think Tom Brady fits and doesn't fit across the league. We'll get back to that oh, after this. Casey Hemp Company, your most trusted CBD provider in Kansas City, shipping nationwide. Ancient plant for a new age health. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram at Casey Hemp Co. Spoken Podcast for segment number four. I am your host, Lance Twidwell. Here inside the Foolish Club studios with my guys, Trevor Twidwell, Eddie Ortiz, and 810's very, very own Darren Smith. What up, guys? A.K.A. the Black Tony Romo. Hey, 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 hey. By the time you hear this, you're already going to know the news. Uh, CBS just broke, the, just rolled out the Brinks truck for our guy, Tony Romo. $17 million per year. Like our guy Darren said, every minute there's a sucker born. Man. Like yeah. they, they, had, they, had a, they had obviously all bid. He's still, making more, he's still making more than Dak. No. Yep. <laughs> it's a sad world we live in, people. Dude, Tony Romo would still be the best quarterback in Dallas. <laughs> oh, yeah. If he can play more than three snaps a game. Yeah. So so let's, uh, let's get right to the segment that I, I really wanted to talk about because the hot topic in all of football right now is Tom Brady and where he's going to end up playing in 2020 because it is assumed. Who gives he, a shit? It, it is assumed that Tom Brady will, play, will be playing football yeah. next season. It's just a matter of where. Yep. So – before any of this really started, we had our, our wager that's still going on. Trevor and Eddie still believe that he's going to play in New England. Yes, I believe sir. he's going to play elsewhere. And uh, let's let's get right to it, man, as far as fits, because we can theorize where he's going to play. But where do we think and where does Darren Smith think he fits best and where he doesn't fit best? So let's go down the list, Eddie. Let's not waste any more time. All right. Uh, good fit, bad fit. Patriots. Believe it or not, I think this is actually a bad fit. The reason why is this. You saw last season the limitations of their offense. You saw the fact they did not have the supporting cast that he needs, and I don't see that changing within a matter of months. They don't have what I think is good enough to build around an old, aging quarterback. What if they get Stephon Diggs? Even if they were to land Stephon Diggs, that's not enough to make them into what I think they need to be for him. Hmm. I don't think that he needs a perfect utopia type of situation for him to win. Hmm. Stephon Diggs would help. Two years, ago, two years ago was a perfect utopia. No, season. it absolutely wasn't. 
And that's, that's why they struggled. They, yeah. they should have lost in the AFC Championship. Yeah, they won the Super Bowl. I get that. We're scoring 13 points against a team that absolutely choked against them. That's still, my point. Still guys asking. So to answer the question, no, I don't think it's a good fit. What do you think, Trevor? I think it's the ideal fit for him because it's it, his offensive coordinator is still there. His head coach is still there. The system he knows is, that made him is still there. Uh, the fans that are entrenched in and own hundreds of jerseys, uh, thousands of jerseys of Tom Brady. I mean, it, it makes too much sense for him to stay to run it back. And, and you know, he won the ring. He won a ring two years ago. There, it's not like it, they can't make a couple moves and be right back. At, and, and if Josh Gordon was healthy this year and and stuck around and actually played some football, that could been saying that since twenty thirteen. I know. I'm just saying <laughs> hypothetically, if he was actually still yeah. a, a, a legitimate piece, because when he's on the field, he's a Damn elite player. The guy is, has all the so, intangibles. So, so New England's a good. A good I yes, player. I okay. think that obviously that's why I have him still playing okay. there this what year. Do you, what do you think, Darren? You know, it's funny. I'll split down a little because generally, as as uh, as what uh, Trevor talked about, yeah, it, it's a good fit in theory. The problem yeah. is it's not a good fit this upcoming season, based off of what I saw in 2019. Thank the you. The thing is, it well, don't make any moves. It, it, yeah. Well. There's really no moves to make to bring someone in. It's still a good defense. They can just tweak the line. But Van Noy will be gone next season. Possibly. But, the, you know, but look, there's no Rob Gronkowski walking sure. to go because that was obviously. Hunter Henry's a free agent. They can pick up Hunter Henry. He's a legitimate. You know, he's all the time. But, but, but here, here's the thing. The Patriots aren't known for paying or bringing no big free agents in. You know, look. You know, they had the one year with with, with Darrell Reeves. They signed two years. But Antonio Brown. Let's see. Well, Antonio Brown messed up, and that's the best pressure. If you knew Antonio Brown was going to be able to come back to New England, well, we saw a week, yeah. the, his first you week know, with him in Miami. He was yeah, balling out. Yeah, yeah. So had he had he been able to had he been able to stay had he been able to stay out of trouble, stay off of uh, off of Twitter or whatever or Instagram, perhaps. You know they would have gotten an AFC Championship game or even go to Super Bowl. That's why I think a Stephon Diggs would be a good signing. He's kind of an AB light type of player. He's like really good well, runner. Look, as as much as I hate AB and I hate him, <laughs> there's not too many players that look, no, if, no. If, if 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 you're for some for for Tom Brady and someone like AB in New England, you're not going to get Tyreek Hill, but but you but you got to get a Julio Jones. You, you yeah. got to get a DeAndre Hopkins. Yeah. You got to have someone like that elite. AJ, but you know, he's, but he's coming. In, but he, for sure. he's coming off a off a hard injury. If, if he was that'd be healthy, a perfect guy for for Brady, though. If Tall, he were healthy, deep threat, it, red zone guy. If he were healthy, right. but the problem is coming off of that for ACL, sure. so I can't so, I can't go there. So you think the Patriots are a bad fit, actually? Yeah, no, no. So that's what I said. I'm saying, yeah, yeah. Any of would be a good yeah. fit, but based off his play this year, it's a bad year. Now, where, 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 where would he? There's rumors that wherever he goes, even if it's back to Las Vegas, Antonio, they have to bring Antonio Brown with them because again, <laughs> depending depending on look, you have to have everything unless you got a huge salary cap like uh, the Indianapolis Colts, but whether or not you know, but there, there's a lot of things at play, the environment, the city. He could go play anywhere because he's Tom freaking Brady. However, you know, you have to, he has to have some assurances like. The uh, uh, the Broncos when they got when they got paid minute they turned the offense over to him like they let him roll with it you know I, I think the first year first year he won I think he won MVP but they didn't get the Super Bowl second year they made it got blown out and realized oh we gotta get a fucking defense the next year they got the defense and that you know we saw that turned out right. so uh, you know if I'm Tom Brady look I, I like the Chargers so to speak you know because they, they do they do got a great defense and look I'm not gonna lie. I like it even with the Raiders because John Gruden is going to know what look, he, he's going to know what to do with Tom Brady because he's going to fit that just like he fit the offense going to fit the offense around Antonio Brown he's going to fit that offense around him now the question is going to be whether or not 
if you know, because they're gonna offer him a, a big contract, two years, sixty-seven million dollars. Tom's gonna be like, "I'll come, but we got we we, we got to get this this marriage fixed between you all and Antonio Brown." And the thing is, with Antonio Brown, he probably just didn't have faith in Derek Carr, but he knows what Tom Brady can do. Yeah. And so, look, he, he's not going back. He's not going back to the Steelers. If Tom if Tom Brady can bring, uh, I think Tom's saying if, if if I can bring Antonio Brown with me, you know. Money's not going to be so an no issue. So no to the Patriots. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's let's do more of like a rapid fire with these, uh, Eddie. Let's uh, let's do the, the the good fit or bad fit. So who's next on the list? Uh, Raiders. I think it's a bad fit. I, I don't think it's a good fit because they don't have the team. I think they can win. I just don't think they have the. I think it's a bad fit if you want to win. Yeah, but it's a great fit if you're trying to get that bag and finally get paid the, the amount that you've been deserving your whole entire career that you've taken pay cuts for. It can make up for all that. But if you're trying to win, I mean, good luck going against uh, Patrick Mahomes two times a year. But. I think it's a good fit simply because, look, again, they have – they really do have a good offensive line, but I think it's a top three offensive line. So defense. He's though. not – but well, here's the thing. That defense has a year because they're fairly young. They got a year under the John Gruden system. They're going to be better because it, 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 it's hard. If, if you're John Gruden, it's hard for your team to be bad two, three years in a row. So with them going there and then they still have money uh, – you got you got that rookie, the uh, 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 Abrams. Yes, that is going to come kid. back. That as long as, as long as he keeps his keeps his ass on the field, and not get hurt. Right, he is going to help improve that defense. And it's not just him, but you know, but now look, I never would have gave away Khalil Mack, but you got so much for him. Plus, uh, if I remember correctly, I think they got a couple of first round draft picks. Two. They, they got so, two first round. So I, you know, so uh, go defensive. It, it look. Yeah. It's a better fit with the Raiders because of what they can put around them and 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 the the experience that they have with the year under John Gruden uh, with Derek Carr and you know the players that they got you know because look he's got a running game you got the rookie Josh, Josh Jacobs, Jacobs Josh and you, so, so so you got to and, and look their receivers look they're not stellar receivers but they're not bad either right. and so and, and, so, and, 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 and Waller and if you can't get Waller's. Antonio Brown back. You got or, or to, if they get Stephon Diggs or, or Stephon, yeah. right? So you know they have a ton of money to play with. Yeah, so, so yeah, because of, because of that, look, you can do some things. So I, I just love the marriage of Stephon Diggs with with, with Tom Brady because he's, he's really good with those good technical route runners. That's why I thought put him with that silver and black. Yeah, you know, right. for sure. So next we got good fit, bat fit Chargers. I actually think this is an awesome fit. I think that team is loaded with talent. I know that they have injury problems, but it's in L.A. where I think his family wants to live. I think that uh, Anthony Lynn is an underrated head coach. Uh, it obviously still is in the AFC West, so you're going to have to have the Mahomes factor to factor in. Right. But I think with all the talent on both sides of Derwin James and that defense, with the Keenan Allen, and, and, and I think they're going to keep at least one of those running backs in Eckler or Melvin Gordon, you you got yourself one of the most talented rosters in the NFL around Brady. I That was the pick that I had from the very beginning. You guys remember, I said mm-hmm. I think it is going to be the Chargers that ultimately get him. It will shock the nation because they're not a marketable team yet. But I think he could be the guy that puts them on the map. It makes a lot of sense for him to choose to go there. Obviously, it's, it's L.A., you got a great defense already back in you. When they're healthy, they have an absolutely great defense at all facets, all positions of the field. One of the best up-and-coming safeties in the game in Derwin James. Uh, um, and then, obviously, Bosa coming off the edge is when he's healthy. He's one of the best in the game at that position as well. Um, and then, obviously, Mulligan, Melvin Ingram. So that defense is already ready to be championship as far as divisional round ready. That's a great defense there. Uh, and they've also we've also seen that defense get Mahomes fit. So if you got a better, smarter uh, quarterback at the helm – not throwing picks after picks after picks, you know, like Philip Rivers was, you know, maybe they have, that gives them a better chance to win. As far as him, that's a good fit for me as far as offensive talent on that team and the defensive talent on that team backing him up. That's what 
for me, that's what made the Raiders a bad fit. It was just the lack of defensive talent. The Chargers do have that. So for me, it's a great fit. Yeah. It's a good fit uh, from what we you know, had just discussed. Again, I don't know who the running back is going to be, whether or not True. they, you know, they sign them both. Shit, they can hold on to Eckler. Eckler's a stud team. Yeah. Um, defensively, look, they – <laughs> the reason why they not they didn't go twelve or four was because of the quarterback. Right. So I'll be honest with you. He lost. If it. he if, if Brady were to go there, he he would instantly make them an AFC West uh, favorite as well as a Super Bowl favorite coming yeah. out the West. And so I don't I would not look at that uh, decision uh, and just brush off because he had look for him he ain't scared of Patrick Mahomes or his defense because he's you know he's facing enough, but. If you surround them with better, with better talent, mm-hmm. and then again, I think I think they have some money to play with uh, with the salary cap. Oh, yeah, you're upgrading well. from Julian Edelman to Keenan Allen. Yeah, you know, so you, you <laughs> got, yeah. and Mike Williams, a big ass receiver, six receiver. Yeah, so I yeah, mean, yeah. It now, you know, but you got you look and a good O line. Got to find a tight end. Right. You know, and so, I, I Hunter Henry, I think, is gone. He, he's, he's a free agent. Yeah, he's going to get paid somewhere else. So, I, look, I, I don't. It's not a bad fit. So, mm-hmm. I'll just do it. It's the coast too, man. All yeah. right, cool, cool. So, good fit on everybody, huh? Uh, next, we got uh, Titans. See, this is. I think this is a really good fit too. Yeah. Just because there's so many things. Why Mike Vrabel being his coach, being his former teammate, is going to allow him to run the offense where Vrabel runs the defense. His focus is on that side. They have good budding young studs at wide receiver. They have a good. I mean, obviously Derrick Henry. I call him Derrick John Henry because the dude's a mythical creature. He just he's just a freak of nature. You have him at least for another couple seasons still in his prime. An awesome offensive if you line. Him, though, you yes, obviously. Yeah, and I think Brady wouldn't come there unless they did sign Derrick Henry back. And and again they. Have have an awesome offensive line, a good defense. I would say a, a just slightly above average defense. I think that's a really good fit outside of the Chargers. That's probably the best fit. I uh, I think it's a decent fit, but I don't think they I don't think they plan on moving on from Tannehill because I think his mobility is what made his mobility is what made that offense offense uh, click because it, the option. It, uh, Brady's not going to be able to run the option with his with his no, legs like Tannehill can. And Tannehill obviously showed and, and, and beat us with his legs and won big games with his legs. I think Tannehill's the better fit right now for them athletically. It still makes it still yeah. is a good fit for Brady. I just have a hard time believing the Titans will pass on Tom Brady to keep with. Ryan I'm not Tannehill, saying yeah, yeah, who was I'm, averaging 80 passing yards a game in the playoffs for sure. But I mean, like. I just think Tannehill's athleticism is what makes him the better fit there That's right fair. now. That's fair. With with the running Same game, with the Niners, have. like the Niners wouldn't go with Brady because like, Jimmy G fits their system better. I, just, I get what well, you're saying. That's a different type of running game, though. I know, but I get what you're saying. Is it systematically that actually fits Brady better in in, in, in the Niners? Because it's, 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 there's a, a lot of bootlegs and stuff though that Jimmy G does. It's his own blocking scheme, so you have a lot of Deacon and Duncan. Yes. What do you think? I will say this. So I, you know. There's a lot of places where he fits. For sure, I don't want to make it seem like uh, here. I mean, yeah, yeah. you know, um, here's the thing: if if you're in the AFC, Tom Brady, you know, if you look for, for these things we're talking about, bringing Tom Brady in is going to be a good fit because you know, regardless of where he's at or where he goes to, because you got to remember you're competing against Patrick Mahomes, and so you, you look the, the Titans saw that with with uh, with Tannehill against Patrick Mahomes. That's not enough to get you mm. to get you over the hump. So sure. you know, so Brady coming in brings you instant credibility. Where okay, I got this guy who's got six chips, and this guy's one. If we go, you know, if we go there or they they come here, I have a better chance. You know, so whether it's Oakland because Oakland will become, I believe, playoff playoff uh, uh, credible right away. Any team Brady goes to, well, you know, because you're going to surround them with stuff that's going to be just. Well, the Titans there. got two. 
good uh, offensive weapons that are up and coming. Edo Smith, AJ Brown, AJ Brown, the receiver, and Edo yeah. Smith, the tight end. They're both athletic freaks. And so, so because of that, you know, I believe it's also a good fit. And just you know, look at the end of the day, you're coaching against Andy Reid and Patrick. Moore. You're not really yeah. coaching against the teacher. You're, you're coaching against this offense because you're going to have to score points. That's what it's going to take. It's not going to be a matter of shutting Mahomes down because you're not going to be able to do that. Right. You know, I mean, you just can't. Unless he's injured, you can't do that. So right. you have to be able to put points on the board. Brady can do that. Again, right. Brady didn't have any weapons, this, you know, after 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 you got rid of uh, Antonio Brown and because Julian Edmund was his only weapon. So you could double team him and nobody else could really, could really could do anything. And Rob Gronkowski is not coming back. Yeah, exactly. So a good fit in Tennessee. Yeah, well, he's a good – the problem is he's a good fit wherever he goes because he's yep. only going to go to places that's going to fit Get fair strip. Fair enough. All right. All right. Cool, cool. Uh, lastly, we have the Cowboys. See, <laughs> this is the most pie-in-the-sky scenario for Tom one. Brady. It's not – I'm not saying it couldn't happen. And in all totality, it would actually make the most sense of all the moves because it's going to the NFC. You have an historic that, – that, that roster is insanely good. Mike McCarthy would let, let that offense run through Tom Brady the way he would want it to. Uh, Jerry Jones is the perfect owner, in my opinion, for Tom Brady because he can handle superstar talents. He knows how to basically give those guys their platform. He's super loyal to stars, two-star players, and quite frankly will give them whatever they want. And let's be real here for a second, whether Tom Brady's better than Dak Prescott now, which he's not – to Darren Smith's point, there is a certain credibility that Tom would bring to the Cowboys they have not had in 20-plus years at the quarterback position. So I do think that with Zeke Elliott and with the other – I do believe they're going to figure out a way to hopefully keep Mamari Cooper for their own sake if, not, dra- and if not draft the top-tier quarter uh, right, yeah. wide receiver. Uh, with that defense already stacked up the way that they are, man, I, I think that would be one hell of a team. For Tom Brady, so I'm going to say it's a really good fit. I still don't think that's a, a Super Bowl ready roster, even with Tom Brady. I just don't. I, I just don't. I don't believe in that defense. Sean Lee's gone. Um, a, lot of, a lot of the pieces can't stay healthy. Amari Cooper, for one, is always hurt. Even if they do sign him and keep him around, he's he's always got hamstring and soft tissue issues, and he has drops these issues as well. He's not a reliable. I mean, he's very good with the balls in his hands, but he's got to catch it first. He's got stone hands. He's always he's led the league in drops. I think the last three seasons. I just. That one to me just is kind of outlandish to me. Just, I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it makes more sense for, for them to build upon Dak, whether they're going to pay him what Dak wants or not. I think Dak's a, a – I mean, the dude is three for almost 5,000 yards this past season. And he fits and he, and he and he clicks well with, with Zeke Elliott. And I think those two guys together are are a better duo than I think Tom Brady would be with, with the Zeke, uh, Zeke Elliott. So, like I said, I just don't think the roster is ready for Tom Brady to go in there so and, good and, and be the fit. next bad fit for me. Okay. I would say it's a good film because I mean, look, I'm with you with, with, with Amari Cooper. Mm-hmm. Hell, I get I, I won't sign him. I just sign AJ Green, bring him down there. So, uh, you know, all right. First of all, you're going to be because the goat of goats you know, right now. If Brady goes there, the other players are going to want to step their game up because they're playing with Tom Brady. I mean, added pressure you might not need though. Well, but look, it's a young that, roster. That, I mean, shit. How is you going to win the Super Bowl? Yeah, I mean, I mean, if you, you know, if I just don't know if Mike McCarthy's the answer. That's the thing. Like, well, there's no way to win Super Bowls, dude. I wouldn't sell him. He, 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 he squandered Aaron Rodgers. Well, look, I wouldn't sell him being a coach. I, I, I would have gave it to, to the college terrible guy. hire. I would have gave it to the guy from Ohio State that's on yeah. FS1. Right. That's why I would because <laughs> they've won Super Bowls with college coaches. For sure. So, and plus, he's won three national titles. I, I, I would have trusted him to win a Super Bowl with them. But to be, but going back to that, I, look. 
uh, you know, now he had probably the best offensive line down there. Well, I think the, I think the Colts would have been a good fit well, as well. An elite running game, um, for sure. Yeah, yeah, but you, but yeah, you got Dak Prescott. You got, you got, you got an offensive line that needs to reestablish their dominance. Uh, you know, again, the wide receiver. Nah, I think they Real got a Kyle. tight end. Yeah, you know, I think they got a tight end that, that's much better. That, that would be better than Jason Witten if he didn't come back. Right. Uh, and the defense should be much better and healthy this this upcoming season. Now, I am not now, but I, I I can see the flip side of it being a bad fit because I'm not I'm not too trusting in Mike McCarthy or Kellen Moore's play calling, right. so to speak. You know, because when 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 Peyton uh, when Peyton was in was in Denver, shit, he was calling the plays, which again is fascinating. He got Adam Gase a head coaching job. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's just fascinating. <laughs> that that like, yeah. You know, just, just just how just how smart Peyton is when it comes to that. Uh, look. I would like him if he was going to NFC. I could see a scenario where he goes to where he goes to the 49ers. They just because oh, they can get out of the because see they can get out of their contract. Imagine irony in that shit. Well, so, yeah, so they can get out of the contract <laughs> yeah, with, yeah, with Jimmy yeah. and Jimmy just goes back to New England, oh, and then man. you know, and I, mean, I, I hope that happens. It'll be too. You know, so, <laughs> it won't happen. That, just, that would be that, to oh, watch man. the world go on fire. That'd be amazing. That would be because no, look, I mean, how often do you see? And I think it's only. I think it only happened once. What uh, I think it only happened once between Buffalo and Dallas, we have like the rematch in the Super Bowl. Brady goes to the 49ers. I can see that. That's happening. a good fit for me for sure. I'm with that. That'd be insane. And it kind of clears the way for the Chiefs because now you really have to worry about Deshaun Watson and, and Lamar hey, Jackson yeah. to get to Super Bowl. Either way, either way I, I'm, I'm, strongly, I'm strongly on the side. I do not believe that, that Tom will be playing in New England next season. I really don't see that happening. I think there's just I think there's that's too most many, likely. There's too many options, and quite frankly, I think he's motivated to prove that I can win without Belichick. Yeah, 43. I'm not saying he's going yeah, to. Yeah, 43, I'm going to prove I'm, myself. I'm, yeah, not saying, I'm not saying that Tom Brady's going to win. I'm saying that he still has that itch to prove he got a 41-year-old Tom Brady did knock off uh, MVP Pat Mahomes. Yeah. There were factors uh, I, involved that didn't have anything to do with Tom Brady because he actually I had a horrible at, game. I, I, but I, I, I Tom, Tom played like ass in that game. We all know he did. He had three turnovers in that game. So if he knows, if he knows, well, if I mean, he knows, Bob Sutton's defense is just trying to guard the middle of the field. If he knows, that ain't Brady's fault. If he knows, if he knows he can play like ass and win a Super Bowl with that franchise, why are you leaving? That's all I'm saying. Because you, you know you can build upon that and well, be, no, a, be no, a little no, better no, ass. No, no, they got their ass handed to him to Ryan Tannehill. He still have Rob Gronkowski. He didn't have Rob Gronkowski. Exactly. Uh, hey, go get a tight end. They, been, I mean, they, they, he just said though. Darren just said they're not a team that goes out and gets big time free agents. Okay, but if you want to win a Super Bowl and they can take another chance just to keep Tom Brady there, you make that. Move. Why would the Why would the Patriots hamstring their future to a four? Well, the Patriots want Brady. That's the exactly. I'm with you on that. I'm with you on that. But it really comes down to Brady's decision because. We all know Kraft, 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 him and Kraft's bromance is their simple. It's not about Kraft's decision. Exactly. Oh, you yeah. know, because Brady, you know, because that's their buddies. If, 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 <laughs> if Bob Kraft wanted him, we wouldn't be in the situation. Right. One, one, they would have gave him a longer extension and more money last year. When Adam Schefter called that a year yeah. ago when he yeah. said they're saying there's no extension. He's selling his house. Yeah. So is his trainer. Like, there's there are things adding up. Yeah, and now we're seeing why. Paper trail, he's not yeah. going back to New England. I'm telling you right now. So we're going to go right to the Monday mailbag. Wasteland Society, an apparel brand inspired by the underground, the weird, the youth, post-punk, 80s and 90s pop culture, and the idea of living life on the opposite end of the spectrum to the fullest. Hand-printed in Kansas City using an eco-friendly printing process on sweatshop-free garments that are ethically made in the USA. Find them. We are Wasteland Society on Instagram. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. Mail time. 
It is time for the Monday Mailbag. Eddie, let's not waste any of these people's times. Right. Let's get right to it, man. What, what, what are people wanting to talk about this week on the Monday Mailbag? This first question comes from Michael Hernandez. I actually like the question. I actually want to hear your answers. Uh, what do you guys think of the XFL and their rules? I, I actually love – we talk about transparency. I talked about Brett Veach's transparency and how much I appreciate it. I, I love what the XFL is bringing not only to their league but I think to the NFL. I think the NFL is going to really be paying attention to some of this stuff. I don't think that they're going to adapt to having on you know sideline interviews with yeah. the coaches after a bad play or a great yeah. play. I don't think that's ever going to What do you think of coaching that shitty call? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, that player got rocked. He was like, yeah. so how do you feel? Yeah, exactly. I feel like <laughs> shit. Yeah. I feel like scrambled eggs. You know, like no, – no. I don't think some of that stuff's going to be adapted. <laughs> I do believe, though, however, and this is something I really would like to see at the NFL level, mm. is more transparency on the officiating side. I love what they're doing when they, they're talking. You can literally hear the walkie yeah, talking, the communication. Yeah. Yes, I like that stuff. Yeah, because that, we're, we're literally sitting control. here. He's like, dude, I see two steps, but I yeah. don't see the third. I don't know what the call right. is. Mic'd up reps at I all like times. That because to me, be, you know, we, we, we sit here in this limbo, twisting in the wind, not knowing what is being discussed. discussed. We see their mouths moving and yeah. the headsets on. We don't know what's being said. If we can hear that stuff, that makes it all the more better because we mm. can sit here and go, what the fuck are you talking about? No, no, we really can. Like, we can sit here and just yell back and forth at the TV. But at the same it, time, it builds more interest. But at the same time, fans can be like, okay, I can see what yes. that more interactive. Good yeah. point, yes. things like that, yes. yes. So I, I I, think that the, I, yeah, I, I actually all, love, yeah. The, yeah. the XFL has not really done a lot wrong. I mean, obviously the, the difference in talent is there. They're not as great in the NFL, and that's obvious. But mm. th- these games have been fun, and the rules yeah. are awesome, and I really, I enjoy it. I think it's a really good thing. I think they've done it right. Uh, uh, just going to add something. The one I really like the most is the kickoff. Yep. Yeah, I was going to touch on that. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I don't know too much too much about the rules, all of them, as far as throughout the entirety of the game and, and the interaction between the coaches and the sidelines and all that stuff. That's a little too much for me. But I do like, like you said, the kickoff where all the players have to wait until the ball is actually touched or is in play. I love that. That is pretty cool. Um and I love I love the the, the extra point situation too with yes. the, the different no options the different options that you have to score what one, one two, two or three, three. Yeah. that's dope I like that mm-hmm. the whole idea the premise of that and I think it makes for obviously for a better fan experience and just more of a fun interactive game and interesting to see the coaching strategies and you know what's more efficient to go for one or to, or just to go for three every single time uh, that's why I mean we even started seeing teams like I remember when the Steelers were trying to go for two every single time a couple years ago that was cool to see that aggressiveness I think that would just I mean, it's all about adaptation, teams adapting, coaches adapting, changing your style. Um, but any, anything to, to improve the – enlighten up the league a little bit because, if anything, we know the NFL has been so no fun, you know, and they've been taking a lot of the – they've been adding rules, implementing new rules to take fun out of the game. With like with A couple of years ago when they took they, the, they did, the celebrations and all that bullshit, obviously they got rid of that quick because fans were pissed the fuck off. Players were pissed the fuck off. Yeah. So, Obviously, that, that went out the window quick. So, yeah, implementing some of those new rules, like the special team stuff and the, the extra points, I, I'm all for that. That would just make for a better fun, uh, fan experience. And I think the players would actually enjoy that. It makes it more interesting, for sure. Uh, everything he said, I, I agree with him. I like yeah. the XFL. You know, I've always liked Vince McMahon, so I support the stuff. Hell yeah. Uh, to be honest, I, 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 would, I would like for the NFL to get off the high horse and Look, if there's something that makes sense, which the kickoff thing does, as well as the excitement of the one, two, three extra point. Right. I, I think that that would make competition even better in the NFL if you were to implement 
if nothing else, that one, two, three, because, you know, that's where the coaching stuff goes into play. So instead of you being up by, you know, 14 to nothing, you can be up 18 and you're like, oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> three touchdowns, you know, so to get back in the ballgame. Yeah. I think, you know, I mean, something like that would just be – Imagine you know, Pat Mahomes going for three every time. He's already just stuff Curry. He's already just stuff Curry. He might as well go for three. You know what I'm saying? Shoot the three. I think it opens up more roles for other players, too, to have like uh, specific roles for those specific players, too. It would be cool yeah. for a special team or players. Good, good question, Michael. Uh, we really appreciate it, man. I really like that question. Yep. All right. So uh, next we have Donnie Couch. Uh, got, uh, he has two questions. First one is. Hey Lance, what are your uh, what are your guys? Hey Donnie, <laughs> what are your guys' thoughts on Snacks Harrison's possibility coming to KC to play under Spacks again? I mean, I want to see. Look, I'm not trying to disregard the question. I, I I'm not focused on anybody on the outside looking in yet until we know what they're doing with Chris Jones. I think if Chris Jones gets signed here, I don't think Snacks Harris is really. I don't think there's really much to it. I mean, it makes sense. You always want to tie a player to a former defensive coordinator. A former coach they played for, and it would make sense in totality. I just don't. I'm not really focused on that yet. I mean, I would be open to it if, in fact, like I said, Chris Jones is not a possibility anymore, and I think that they're going to have to start fulfilling that role. Snacks Harris is a good player. I'd like to see him in Kansas City. On you know, just just looking at it from the from an open perspective, but I'm not really focused on that right now. Yeah, I mean, bringing back a connection between the coach and player, the chemistry would be cool to have back. But I mean, I don't think it's necessary. For him to be for him to be the guy because I think we're gonna have our options open, especially if Chris Jones isn't back. Uh, I think there's gonna be so many people, you know, chomping at the bit to come play for this team and to want to fulfill that Chris uh, Jones role and, and show that they can be that guy as well. Obviously, they're not gonna be Chris Jones uh, as far as production, but I think there's gonna be a lot of guys at that position that want to come and play for this defense. Uh, and I think Mike Pinnell's still a solid player at that position. If we can keep him around, that's a solid guy to have it as a rotational piece. But Snacks is an aging guy. He's dealt he's dealt with injuries. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the chemistry, obviously, with Spags is cool, but I, I don't necessarily think it's going to happen, in my opinion. I'll be honest. Uh, you know, I, I, I'm for it. But, again, you got to just got to do it in this totality. Chris Jones first. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it, it, it's really just going to be a matter of how much, will, how much, how low will he play for. Right. Because, look, I mean, Terrell Suggs played, played under uh, played under Spags as well. Mm-hmm. And you got him. You got him just for, like, what, five, four or five games? Uh, you know, so um, – if snacks were available, even with Chris Jones MVP or whatever, uh, you know, I mean, if he, if, he, if he's willing to play for less than market value for because he got cut, I think uh, mm-hmm. uh, with 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 New York so, or yeah. Detroit. Yep. So yeah, I mean, if he you know look if he's if he's willing to pay for play for less, I mean you know look you you can always spot you know Chris Jones is out for a game whatever. I mean you know yeah if we are we always keep with now yeah. yeah so yeah, for sure. I don't. I don't have a problem with it. I mean, he's not. He's not my first priority. And so right. once you take care of Chris Jones and you, and you figure out the Sammy Watkins stuff, now you can. Now you got some places to maneuver. And if so, if I'm, uh, you know, I mean, I don't have a problem with him coming here if he just. But he's not going. He's not going to make a lot of money. All right. Good question, Donnie. Uh, so his second question is because like, he even said also have another question. Also two for okay. Uh, so he said. Do you think that the Chiefs defense next year could take another big step such as the 2007 Colts? Absolutely. I absolutely believe this defense can even be better than what it was this season. I know that there's a there's a certain momentum that goes along with the team playing the way they did because there was a lot of ba- our backs are against the wall 
you know, there's a lot of that that factored in. But the, something Chris Jones said on Colin Coward's show this week was, you noticed that we only had small portions in time this season where they were healthy. Right. And once they were, you saw how great this defense was. Plus, you're going to get another full season of Juan Thornhill. I don't think people understand just how valuable he is to this defense. He's on track to be ready for the yes. season. Yes, Spagnuolo's going to have another season, another offseason with this defense. I mean, we forget, this was his first season with the Chiefs. Right. Like, another season with this entire staff back. The majority of this defense will be back. Well, so, I good, good. but the problem is, you forget how many free agents. He has True. Defense so, if a lot of them go, you got to replace it, which means they got to learn that system and be able to gel. That's what the training camp also is going to take. To that point, to that point, because yeah. you're percent correct there's a lot of free agents primarily on the defensive side at the same time you could also flip that and say that spags can now go get his guys guys that fit sure, the most of his guys besides uh besides chris jones up there uh, patrick peterson hitchens no my point is is that you have guys like daniel Sorensen who are playing significant roles mm-hmm. and you got to give dan dirty dan his credit absolutely but, oh, but, but at the same time let's be he real for a second made huge plays man he, he's not exactly top tier no. what he does Spagnolo can go get a younger, more athletic guy that he can mend and mold into something just like that, if not better. As far as superior talent. Yeah, yeah exactly. Good there, that, there's that coach's favorite kind of guy. Though. There's some interior pieces that they can finagle with as well. And I, I just – to answer the question as, as thoroughly as I possibly can, I do believe that this defense can. And I do believe ultimately will be at least just as good as it was in the in the ending part of the 2019 season. I, 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 I want yeah, to jump yeah, in because yeah. my question – I think you said 2007 Colts. Yeah, that's what he said. So you got to refresh me. What the hell was up with the Colts? So that defense is when Bob Sanders finally got healthy. And when he finally got healthy, they won the Super Bowl. When Peyton Manning finally got a legitimate defense. They had the 32nd worst defense and rush defense that season. And then they beat the shit out of the Chiefs in the playoffs, then beat the Patriots, and then went on to beat the Bears. So my question is to you, is he saying that is this team going to be that team next season? Or is it going to take that big step? Shit, they don't need. I mean, they do what they're supposed to do. They yeah, want yeah. I, I, I do think the Chiefs have a top <laughs> ten defense. Yeah. Well, it's a, it's a uh, slightly different scenario, but I, I do, I do think, like you said, this is another offseason to to even to get that molded even more as a group, especially if Chris Jones is yeah. a part of that group. I definitely don't see them worse, is what I'm saying. No, yeah, no, and, and, only and, only moving upward from there. And, 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 and here's the thing: it's hard. Look, the Patriots and, and, the, and the Patriots and the 49ers, somehow they were able to do it. Uh, and uh, most soon, you can have a top five offense and defense. Mm-hmm. The problem is that is that you know because of how the defense, how Spanish defense is, is it's going to be real hard to kind of have a top five defense with that. Because the thing is, the you know the, the team is built to score points, right. and they're, they're also built to come back from behind. So the defense is should never really be in a situation. Where you know whether whether like a two thousand Ravens or two two thousand two, well, they have to win the game. Yeah, yeah. so I, you know because it, it, it's more so you just don't want them to give up big big plays or, or well, I know we're on the field a lot too because we'll be scoring pretty quickly. That's kind of how we score. Yeah, we're a big so, play offense. It's. Uh, I don't. I, don't I mean, I think all arrows point. All arrows point to to progression. Yes, right? like obviously. So. Good, good second question, Don. Yeah. All right. So next question comes from uh, Shaggy, a.k.a. Uh, Our guy, Shane. Shaggy. That's Darren's guy, too. What's up? We, What's we up, know Shaggy? that Shaggy, we have to do the a.k.a. for his real name, <laughs> Shane. Shag Diesel. <laughs> Shag Diesel, baby. Uh, Shag Diesel. So his question is, he's like, he says, not to get political, but he does. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> Bernie Sanders said at his rally last Saturday in Houston that when he becomes president next January, on the first day of his presidency, that he will legalize marijuana in all 50 states. Now, with that that said, 
is that what is it is going to take to take away the stigma of these athletes in all sports getting busted from marijuana while they are in their spare time? There's still so much more that has to happen. Even if even if the NFL was to loosen up, which I do believe is going to happen very soon, even if they were to loosen up on on the on the entire stigma of marijuana, I don't believe that that's going to be something that's going to change everything. I do think that there's still going to be uh, implications that they're still going to try to get players on with it when it comes to that. I don't know what they are. Don't don't quote me on that yet. I do think that there's still a long way to go with that entire part part of it. regardless of who you know becomes president or stays as president. I'm not going to get into all that. Um, if, if that's something that Bernie Sanders is promising, that's fine. That's going to be a whole other topic to dis- discuss. That's more on the political side, which, again, we will not touch on. Um, but on the sports side of things, like I said, it, it, you're talking about 32 mm-hmm. independent owners, and they all come to an agreement. There's still going to be years and years of process. Like we talk about the CBA and how all these things talk. We talked about this last week about, you know, this is, in my opinion, the reason I support certain aspects of the new CBA and some of the things about extending the season and extending the playoffs is because the NFLPA also gets leverage with that. So if they were to say, you know what, we're going to loosen up on this, but we're still going to be holding on to this tightly, the NFLPA can start to use that as leverage. So I don't think that it's going to be something that changes overnight, and I don't think it's going to be something that happens in this current CBA, but the next CBA, absolutely. I do believe we are moving towards that progressive state of mind as a league, not just as a society, but as a league in particular, which is what I feel comfortable touching on. Yeah, I mean, just to get the political and judicial side out of it real quick, I mean, if uh, pot's going to be legal in the NFL and it's start eventually going to be legal in the entire country, first of all, we need to get all the people out of the prison systems that are in, that are locked up and incarcerated for those reasons. Um, they don't deserve to be serving that time. I'll just get that out of the way real quick. Um, but as far as the NFL goes, they need to start taking a page out of the NBA. I mean, in the NBA, you got you got to really, really be on that on that good stuff heavy to even get tested for it and even get, you know, booted for it or, or suspended for it or whatever. That the, the, the way Adam Silver has gone about it is, is great. Um, he's very lenient on it. And he's understandable. He's understanding that it's, it's a form of medicine. I mean, it makes absolutely no sense for athletes to win a championship in any sport and celebrate it by open, openly getting drunk, publicly getting drunk, as we saw in the parade, which is fine too. But you want to talk about the, the, the brain chemistry that alcohol does to you compared to, to what pot does to you? I mean, it's going to make you nice. Yeah. I mean, alcohol, alcohol makes you make bad decisions and look foolish. Obviously, like Travis Kelsey can't even stand up straight when he was giving his speech. I mean, Pot would have just made him, you know, smile well, a little imagine, bit more. Imagine the, the perception that would have happened, the, you know, the famous pictures of Patrick chugging the beer. Right. Imagine if he was smoking a joint. And, and it's, and it's, and it's, it's, it's like, a, oh, my God, how dare that, he? Yeah, that's yeah. a cognitive bias in yeah. people's brains, man. They, 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 it's, 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 it's because it's the, the, the roots of it all, man. It's, it's based on racism. It's based on all kinds it's, of shit. Yeah, that's exactly Absolutely. where it all stemmed from. It's a stigma. I couldn't say any better than that. I'm just going to – I know Shane wants me to answer questions. So, as it relates to Bernie, look, if Bernie does it, shit, I might even try it. Hey. <laughs> and, and, and I don't do it because Celebratory. It, it is illegal. Look, uh, yeah. in, the, in the new collective bargaining agreement, uh, you know, players can get busted with it. Obviously, you know, you don't want to get busted with 157 pounds. But if they call caught with position, they're not going to get suspended yeah. according to the new deal. And, and you got a two-week window in training camp, I think, that they're, that they're test for it. Other than that, you got 52 weeks after you, you can smoke weed. Right. Just 
be fucking smart about it. That's the problem. Well, I mean, a lot of these guys are taking it for pain and, 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 and anxiety it, it, and depression. They, they, they like smoke weed. Well, for sure. But how it is Chris and right. uh, the other brothers, and I apologize, yeah. they both talked about they smoked weed throughout the entire season they, during, to keep during their games. Down. Yes. Yeah, exactly. which, which is fine. Well, yeah. Chauncey Bobes, you but know, they still smoke that shit because they like it, too. Right. <laughs> so, right. Well, sure. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so, I mean, you just don't smoke it. Oh, I'm hurt. No, you smoke. You, you were smoking before because you like it. Right. You can use it for this purpose, depending yeah, depending on depending on where you're at. Yeah, I just got a problem with open openly drinking and being that being okay, but not openly you know lighting one the up. The NFL has literal liquor sponsors. That's yeah, it's, it's, it's backwards logic. I, man. I, I, and again, because because the marijuana is rooted, you know, the the laws are rooted in racism. Absolutely. That's you know that's look, Bernie is at least talking about it. If he if he comes and offers it, can if by because exec- I think you have to do it by executive order where you can kind of decriminalize or something. To the, I think it's just. Some stuff so that's to go through Congress and, and the Senate side. But if right. he can do by executive decision, make some stuff happen, I'm all for it. There you go. Thanks for the question. It's Shane. only progressive, man. Thanks for uh, us, uh, into the political. <laughs> I think I think we tapped t- tippy toed around that just fine. I think we. I think we. <laughs> I don't know. I was all political. Team Warren. is my second option. Shit, you don't like it. Don't matter. <laughs> don't at me. Don't at me. At me at Darren Smith. Hey, you can catch me. me Monday through Friday. Uh, ESPN Kansas City. And uh, uh, Monday and Thursday after sports radio eight ten. Fuck that shit. Because I like I'll say it on there too. Because I have and I will. <laughs> now I ain't gonna be disrespectful to, 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 to the president because yeah. I still refer to him as such. But I'm just team D. Hey. <laughs> team Donkey. That's there all. <laughs> all right. So next question from uh, none other than uh, Billy Hodge. No, Mr. Hodge. I was, I was anticipating it. Right. If you were the general manager, how would you approach this offseason, uh, referring to the Chiefs? I feel like I'm going to keep repeating myself, man, but it, it's, it, it is the, <clears throat> the, the biggest – it's the elephant in the room. Uh, what are they going to do with Chris Jones? If they, if they get that taken care of, they sign him to an extension, uh, you know, I, I, I think that everything else – Darren said it earlier, which is 100% true. They bought and they bought themselves some time when winning the Super Bowl. They bought themselves some goodwill. So some of the decisions they're going to make this offseason, whether they're good or bad, they're going to be kind of overlooked. This isn't a type of situation or decision that can be overlooked. You can't overlook this, Chris Jones, because it's looming. It's been looming since last offseason. So if I'm, if I'm running the Chiefs, my first action is I extend Chris Jones to a long-term deal and then I start to figure out what we're going to do with Sammy Watkins. I'd probably cut him. I'd probably cut Sammy Watkins, save the $14 million, and use that in free agency elsewhere. I think that they can go and get a couple of veterans at key positions, let's say linebacker, offensive line. They could trade uh, LDT and save a few more million dollars, get a couple, maybe a couple picks out of him or mid-round picks. I, those are the types of moves I would definitely trade down in the draft. And acquire more yeah. picks. Yeah. I would, it's I would a like deep to see. Draft. Yes, I would like to see the Chiefs get more, a couple more second round, third round picks. Some linebackers and, and start to get some defense. I would actually like to see them get a wide receiver. We're going to talk more about that as the season, as the off season goes on. Yeah. But those are the moves I would make. But it all starts with Chris Jones getting that extension. That's my vote. Yeah, I mean. Number one necessity and priority uh, to me. He was plays uh, but yeah i think for me like yeah it all starts from the chris jones situation uh, and it's hard to really guesstimate what we're going to do outside of that 
it's hard to guess to me because what moves because all the moves hinge on the Chris Jones right situation. So just like last year, we're, we're talking about the similar situation. All the hinges on what we're going to do with Tyreek, which is why we drafted McColl. You know, what we're going to do uh, as far as moving forward with offensive weapons, that all hinges on Tyreek's availability. Right. So this all hinges now on, on the availability of uh, and reinstatement of Chris Jones. So I, like, I, I'm like i with you. I fully believe we're going to keep Chris Jones because um, it, it gives us our best opportunity to run it back. Uh, but, yeah, so any moves after that is honestly – not really, not really important and non-existent at this point until we know what Chris Jones's availability is. Absolutely. If I'm Brett Veach, I'm you know I'm obviously going to address to Chris Jones. Uh, I signed a new deal with Sammy Watkins where he's doing the seven million dollars. You save the fourteen. You're able to scrap up or scrap the uh, and reptilian money. Yeah. So yeah. You, yeah so, so you just get, get him to a new contract, but you're just doing it. You're riding that over that seven million dollars because this would be a cap hit if you cut him. So you mm. may as well pay him seven million and save the fourteen million to do the others. And then I'm not gonna lie, shit. I'm going after Kareem Hunt. Fuck it. I give him a second round pick or not. whatever it's gonna be. You know, because again, Damian. Will, he will go down sometime throughout the year. It's, yeah. just, it's just a matter of time. But Kareem Hunt, I look, I rather dance with the devil that I know him get. Man, look, you can't obviously draft somebody, but you know that Kareem with this offense is, yeah. is, is going to make magic. And he is going to want to play and play hard because he's he's going to want to taste that. You yeah, know, yeah. He's, he's got motivation to play well and to play hard. Uh, you know, if he comes back to Kansas, well, imagine City. The, the the entire league's oh shit moment if, if they know Chris Kareem Hunt is coming back to the Chiefs. Right. I mean, like you said, he's got a massive chip on his shoulder. Even that video where he's in, he's, he's getting arrested, he's talking about I should be in the Super Bowl right now. That dude's got so much to prove still. We all know the talent that he is. He's just got to mentally prove it. You can really get Kareem Hunt on the cheap. Yeah. Oh no, that's what I'm saying. Well, I mean, look, you don't have to give up a, a, a pick, you know, because he's he's a sure. restricted free agent, but. Get him out of the factory. Cap, you man. know, but salary wise, I mean, you don't have to pay he's him a whole gonna, lot. Of, yeah, he's not, I mean, I think look, he made a million dollars this year. Yeah, look, yeah. look, look, look I, I, I give him two and a half million. I mean, I, I'll give him something. You oh, know, shit, I'll start a GoFundMe right now. <laughs> well, you can make it an incentive based contract, exactly, too. Exactly. Like, you get a thousand yards, you get a million dollars. You get 10 touchdowns. Yes. Absolutely, you don't get suspended. You don't have any off field issues. That's hey, one hiccup, your ass is gone, though. Right. You can't mess around. You gotta, the Chiefs, that's all the leverage in the world in that situation. And you're getting a 24-year-old stud running back. Yeah, no doubt. Oh, and the one thing I would also I'd sign that guy Darren Smith up to, you know, my PR. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I'll do about Ben B. You know, if he's smart. There you go. Yeah, you got to be looking inside Darren Smith. Adam, he didn't say don't at me. He said yeah. at me with those dollar signs. <laughs> All right. Uh, Thank you, Billy. Last question comes from uh, Ruben Martinez. Yeah. All right. Our guy Ruben. His question is. Is Pat going to need surgery on his knee for the dislocation he's suffered this season or no? No, he's not going to need surgery. Uh, could he end up choosing to get surgery? Yes, he could. Uh, it's not a pressing matter at this point because of the way that they took care of it as quickly as they did. There was no long-term effects that had that he has on his knee. I think so there was no fractures. There was no fractures. Ball, so. It was all ligament, and and again, there was no long term. ligament. Yeah, it, 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 it was really just he, light he was tissue. Two weeks. Issues. He was out yeah. two weeks. So the, the, yeah, they said it was optional that if he chooses to go that route, that's fine. Because it could clean some things up, but honestly, like I said, it's there's nothing there that needs to be of, of real concern. He's fine. Well, and the fact that we know that um, they, uh, this, our staff went out there immediately put his, his kneecap this, right yes. back in place. They, the way huge, they handled it is that was huge for his his, his improvement immediately. Because he said even even in the interviews, time out when he was obviously out. 
He's talking about how he felt he can go right back out there and play, which I think he could, honestly. Yeah, I thought yeah, he would. Was, I mean, yeah, the, the dude can go out, Like I told you, the dude doesn't need legs. He can go out there on nubs and just be slinging the yeah, shit. Yeah, he did say that. He said how he had to sit him down. Like, he's, he's, the dude's all arm. He doesn't even need to be moving with those legs and shit. I mean, I, but yeah, I just think, yeah, there's there's no obviously no issues. If there's no surgery needed, then he's going to be fine, man. Yep. Yeah, I would. I mean, shit. He again. I was there when it happened. He should have. I thought he was coming back in the game. I figured he was going to do a Willis Reed and come back in. So, <laughs> uh, you know, unless he, you know, uh, unless he just feels like he needs to have it, I don't see why he would. Should he won a Super Bowl, and, you know. And here's the thing: they're not going to. If you notice, they haven't called any more fourth and fourth and inches for him to do a quarterback sneak. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's <laughs> which I'm okay with. Yeah. You guys know that. You guys know I'm okay with that. But. If they had called him Super Bowl, I would have been okay with the two. For sure. In the Super Bowl, that's I'm okay with it as well. He took a couple hits in the Super Bowl, quite frankly, on the run. So I in the Super Bowl you gotta go out. You gotta go out. You have five, six months to recover. Get all get all take all the hits you can. You know, that's the way I see it. He's just gotta work on that that bad footwork. You know. uh, he has to work on his slide. I'm not gonna say he has a pretty bad slide, but he needs to. Yeah, work for a baseball player, his slide's pretty yeah, rusty. I'll talk to his dad and see what I can do. Hey, his dad can help with the slide. Yeah, he has a good ass hit too. Too. What was he say? Two, was he got little twenty. Yeah, That was the greatest mic was a good hit. That's a good ass hit. Thanks, thanks everybody who participated in the Monday mailbag. We appreciate that every single week, every single Monday. I post that, so we gladly invite you to raise questions or bring up debates, bring up topics that you guys want us to discuss on the show every single week. But we're going to move on to what's the segment called again? I guess I totally forget. Hold this L! It's time to hold this L. I want you to do me a favor and hold this L! Somebody's got to hold that L. <laughs> the him, the her. I'm talking like caps lock L L L L L L L L Cool J stuff. Hold that L. <laughs> Good God, man! Hold this gigantic, <gasps> veiny, oh pulsating L. Man, you are one pathetic loser. You ignorant bastard. <laughs> oh, that was great. Oh, hold Sorry. this L. Time to hand out the L's that we look forward to all week long. Let's waste no time whatsoever. Trevor, who is holding the L? Deontay Wilder is holding the L. Woo! Um, Woo! Look, man, I love, I love the That's dude. Darren's friend, too, I man. Know, I, I, love, I, love, I, love, I love the dude. I you love took watching like you asshole. Hey. <laughs> hey. Sorry, not sorry, bro. Of course, that wasn't mine. I just, <laughs> hey, <laughs> I just want to preface by saying that fight was entertaining. The first fight was better to me in my mind because it was, it was back and forth. And either way, that was obviously a, a better matched match. Um, but this time around, he just got his ass whooped. And, and you're going to and you're gonna go out there and make a statement talking about how your 40-pound costume, ridiculous costume. You came out looking like a Transformer from the Egyptian days or something. Uh, talking about how that that weakened your legs, man. I, I I can't I can't get with it, man. You're you're a trained professional athlete, known to have your legs ready. I mean, being a boxer, legs is everything because that's what keeps you your body moving. That's what is your endurance is based on is your legs. 
Um, obviously, the guy is dependent on his his haymaker ability to to never be out of a fight because he can knock anyone out at any time. And he was trying to do that. He kept swinging the, the big haymakers. He just wasn't connecting. He, after he took that blow to the head, that, that bursted his ear a little bit there. His equilibrium just looked to be off. And then Fury was just getting him with the jabs and then and just rocking his world and then leaning on him and leaning on him. That 270-plus pound, six foot seven type dude, that's just – all that, all that shit talk, man. And, and honestly, I was kind of pulling for. It. I wanted to see a really good fight, and it was just, it was just not a good fight. He's dominated pretty much from the second round on. Um, so yeah, just for you to come out and use that as an excuse, and then complain about your 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 crew took throwing in the towel, and your ass is about to get knocked out and embarrassed, and, and about to lose some some functions that you'd, you'd want to keep because he was just, it would look like he was about to get his ass whooped and knocked out clean. Uh, so I'd rather take the TKO there. Um, so Deontay Wilder, my buddy, my pal, I love watching, man. You're fun. You're great. In, you're great at what you do. Um, but that that was a that was an ass beating, and I don't want to hear any lame excuses like that because this is not good enough. You're, you you prepare for that for for months on end. So Deontay Wilder, my buddy, you're gonna have to do me a favor and hold this L. L. Darren Smith, who is holding the L this week for you, my friend. Well, it's a continuation of what I, I had. I've been on last week, but <laughs> former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg. <laughs> It ain't sports related, but damn it, he got his ass to, uh, beat down by Elizabeth Warren the last two weeks of these debates. And uh, to me, politics, because I excel at it along with sports, is a blood sport uh, to me. And so, look, uh, you know, look, you got to stand on your record. And, and his record uh, as a New York City mayor, yeah, you know, you, you know, stop and frisk and stuff. You talk about how it dropped down to 95% after you implemented it. Yeah, but you can say it was up 605%. You know what I'm saying? And so it affected black and brown people. And uh, at the end of the day, look, you got to come to, you're going to be called on the carpet by all the NDA stuff that are stuff, you know, that you that you dealt with uh, underneath your organization. Bloomberg LP, you got you got to deal with it. And Elizabeth Warren, she tore him a new asshole the last two weeks, and she's going to continue to do so. So at the end of the day, I mean, I ain't going to vote for him regardless. I don't care how how many commercials, you know. Not. No, look, I will say the one good thing I am I am happy about it. He, 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 I think he did spend a quarter of a million, a quarter of a billion dollars with 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 the with the national black press. So I am happy about that. However. Still not going to vote for you, no matter how many commercial spots you run with you and President Obama. So, on behalf of Elizabeth Warren, I need you, Mayor Mike Bloomberg, to hold, hold this L, L bitches. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Darren Smith, and I approve this message, bitches. <laughs> Big fat. Fuck y'all. <laughs> Eddie, who is holding the L? All right, man. So, uh, since uh, Trevor took my... Please don't uh, tell me it's Elizabeth Warren. <laughs> So there, there was a, a match. Uh, was it last night uh, between LAFC and Leon uh, from Mexico? It was a MLS Liga MX kind of fight. So Mexico versus USA. These games always tend to have so much drama. Uh, so this was the second leg. Last night was the second leg. First leg, Leon won two zero in Mexico. So that. That's a pretty pretty decent, you know, uh, score you have to c- kind of come back from. Uh, they they uh, they in Mexico called Carlos Vela, who is who is Mexican, who happens to play for LAFC, who to most and to a lot of I would say to a lot of Mexican soccer fans, is potentially one of the like best soccer players of this generation. I'm not gonna say of ever because mm-hmm. no. But of this generation, he can be considered one of the best. 
he's had very bad professional decisions, not off the field decisions, but professional decisions to either not show up to training and stuff like that. So kind of kind of ruined his career, making forcing him to come to come to the MLS. So the, the the Mexican fans were you know trashing him and it's like oh you ain't got nothing anymore you're trash you're trash you're never gonna be great you were never great this and that last night this man single handedly destroyed Leon not only scoring two goals but helping his team score a third to where they defeated Leon mm-hmm. and just just pretty much. Ended their uh, cup run, so now LAFC is going to play in the quarterfinals against another Mexican team. We'll see how that plays out. But to all those fans of Leon and to all those Mexican fans that that, that discredit this man, that they just don't want to give him the credit, I want you to hold this L. How cool would it be if you guys had somebody on your on your staff, regardless of what you do, that could predict the future? Be pretty badass, right? Especially if it was like you or somebody that you liked a lot. Well, that's what Tony Romo is to the NFL and to NFL broadcast and to, to analytical work and commentating. And there was no debate about it that this offseason there were going to be, you know, ESPN, Fox, uh, CBS were all going to be fighting for his talents. And ESPN was in a dire need for a change at Monday Night Football. Since John Gruden has left, there's been nothing but criticism handed down to the guys that they have put in place. And even before John Gruden, you had times with Dennis Miller and Tony Kornheiser were in there, and they were just being cynical and just laughing and joking. And yeah, yeah. So Monday Night Football has taken a lot of L's throughout the years. And it was almost assumed that Tony Romo was destined for Monday Night Football. And because of the fact that he's still so young, he's not even 40 years old yet, that day could come one day. Not today. Because while we're recording tonight, and you guys will be hearing this throughout the next this next week as you listen to the show, and you'll already be fully aware of it, and we talked about it earlier in the show, Tony Romo has agreed to a $17 million per year contract agreement with CBS to stay on with Jim Nance to call their Sunday afternoon games, which, in my opinion, is kind of sad because yeah. Tony Romo in prime time on – on, on a Monday night, sounds beautiful to me because the dude knows how to break a game down so well, in my opinion, better than pretty much anybody else in the, in the field right now. So Monday Night Football is now, I, I, in my opinion, lost their, their cash cow. I feel like he was perfect for them, and CBS said, over our dead fucking bodies, are you going to take the guy that we gave the chance to and has now flourished under our umbrella? And he's, he's perfect with Jim Nance. So... I almost feel like I need to give this out to all of us who are going to be watching Monday Night Football, but I'm going to give this one to ESPN and Monday Night Football because it looks like we're going to have another year of Booger. And I, from the fans' perspective, that's not exactly what everybody wants. So, <laughs> so Darren is Darren is on his on that one. <laughs> but, but in totality, I'm going to go ahead and say ESPN and Monday Night Football, I have a package for you. Hopefully you can open it up. And if you could do me a favor, sign and hold oh, this. Hey, I, I was gonna give a runner up. So I don't know if you guys saw Scotty Pippen on the jump. Yeah, I was gonna say because I was gonna. I thought you were gonna take that one because I was initially gonna be mine. Well, that was one of my two where he talked about how the, the him and the judges for the dunk contest had a that, pact yes. and they were gonna force it into the next round. I, yeah, it, but Scottie. somebody screwed up, so they had an organized pact that they were gonna give them all tens to send Aaron Gordon into the next round. 
But I think D Wade is the one that gave him a nine. Yeah. Which I don't know how you make a pack beforehand and then you still screw it up. Yeah. So that's definitely an L there. But yeah, I want to before before we end the show tonight. I want uh, this is something I talked to Darren. Uh, I believe not even a week ago when I asked you to come on the show, which you've always been so gracious. You always come on the show whenever we've asked. Uh, we are in February. This is I think tomorrow's the last day of February because we're in the leap year, and February is Black History Month. Now this is something that I myself as a white individual cannot really touch on. It's not something I feel comfortable touching on because there's things I can't relate to that you've experienced as a, as a, as a black male and, and other people in this region and across the globe, quite frankly, that I've never had to experience. And in the world of sports, we've seen a lot of injustice. We've seen a lot of um, inequality, and we still see it to this day. Maybe not at the same magnitude or as, as, as much out there up, in, up front, but it's still there. And, Darren, I want to give you – just a few minutes of your time, if you, because you've already been giving us enough time as it is. So we appreciate you being here tonight. But this, I really wanted this to be the part, man, where I, where we give you the opportunity to really speak. Because every time you're here, you always speak your mind. We appreciate that. The last time you were on here, you talked about the lack of minorities in your field in Kansas City and how that is a problem. That is a problem. It's gotten worse. It's gotten worse, exactly. And we can talk about that. But I, I don't want to say another word. I want to give you this platform, and I want you to say what you feel, and I want our listeners to take in what you have for us to take in. And so, in what direction do you want me to go with this? How, whichever direction you want to go, man. It's all right with political. So uh, <laughs> but in, in the world of sports in particular, you being somebody who dedicates so much of your time covering sports as a black man, how do you see things going in the world of sports in particular? And whatever else you want to touch on, man, it's your time. Uh, you know, the, the few things. First of all, thank you for once again uh, for all you all for having me on. And I, I really enjoy it. Uh, I'm about to try to work out a schedule thing. We got to work it out, but, but but that's good. But no, but but I appreciate it all because I do. I have fun every time yeah. I come. So and this, of course, will not be the last time that I'm here as well. Um, you know, it, it it's look. It's obviously much better than it was in the 40s, 50s, and 60s, you know, where uh, covering sports, being involved in sports, uh, uh, minorities, blacks, and I'll just go on the side of blacks because, you know, obviously baseball is Dominican, is, you know, Cuban, is, you know, so, you know, not for some reason, for, for whatever reason, it's not too many Latinos that they, they play professional sports. And True. That's something that they need to have that conversation in that community because, you know, I, I think it would just, it, it would, the world of sports would be better for that. Uh, if it's more than just black, whites, and, and baseball, you know, Cubans and stuff like that. Mm. Uh, that being said, look, I'm still I'm still uncomfortable with the fact that there are a few too many uh, black head coaches in the NFL when you have up to 70% of your players, and it's not reflective of your audience, and that includes the front office and even in, even in the owners. What can we do about that? I mean, there's a Rooney rule in place, but, you know, you can always find ways to circumvent it. So, I mean, it really has to go into the heart of the owners and the people who are making those decisions to hire. Uh, you know, you have to be, kind of step out of your box. And I think that the owner for the Carolina Panthers, when he hired 
uh, the guy from, from from Baylor, I believe it was uh, uh, Matt Rule. Matt Rule. You know, he said it's because the guy looked like him and came in with some jeans. I'm like, man, come on, man. you know, just just, just the shit that he says, he you know, is that. is you know, it makes me feel a certain kind of way. Now, look, I have a platform, but I also know I can only go so far with that platform because they could easily take me off the air and just move on, and then you know, but then I'm trying to, and where I'm at. Make sure that you know I can bring others who look like me along along with it. Uh, it's it, it's there's a challenge, and I don't want to focus on just stuff, but just the overall landscape of sports. Uh, you know, going to the college game, I believe that uh, college players, uh, both especially football and basketball, I hope this pay for play or this you know likeness. I hope it goes in full effect because again, the reason why. You know those players. The reason why it's out there. You know the reason why everybody has this. It is the black players that are that 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 are being hurt the mo- hurt the most because that's what the majority of players is. Look, they don't have any problem stealing the kids from the HBCUs, Alabama. You know, uh, 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 Alabama and, and all these other southern schools because they saw. Well, shit, you got Gramlin, mm. uh, uh, Eddie Robinson getting all his players. With, well, we had three of them on the Kansas City Chiefs, I believe, when they won the Super Bowl. And they had a lot of players on that team that came from products for HBCUs. But, you know, now, you know, the D1 schools have rated the HBCUs as a talent. And that, and that's something that goes unchecked and, un, you know, and unspoken about because, again, that's where, you know, you had the – uh, Buck Buchanan and uh, uh, Willie Lanier, uh, uh, Otis Taylor, uh, uh, Emmett, Emmett's, uh, Emmett Thomas. Thomas. Yeah. I mean, you know, and all of them played HBCUs, but they were but they were products along the way uh, uh, of HBCUs. So that's a problem that I have. But there's nothing really that can be done about that. Um, obviously, on the college, you know, head coaching, and this is more so football, but. You know, basketball as well, you know, the fact that you don't see too many minority mm-hmm. head coaches down there. And, again, in the leadership, you got Michael Jordan, I think, Magic Johnson from time to time when he, he dabbles his uh, finger in the basketball. You know, you don't have too many African ranks or blacks uh, in, in those positions of powers. Decision makers. But, again, to me, it goes down because I'm involved in media. I have a problem with that not seeing the representation. Like, when, when I'm at a KU, I'll be there again on Wednesday. I'm the only one that looks like me besides Kenitra, but she works. She, she she draws a paycheck from KU before she was getting a check from Spectre. So it would be the two of us. Out. But there's no D. Jackson out there. They don't have Harold uh, Cunts out there. Ryan Marshall's no longer here, so he's not out there. So out of Kansas City Media, there's me. Carrington doesn't. I don't think he. he I don't. He, he's not a. He's not big on cover stuff in media things, so he doesn't go out there. And that's no knock on him. He, that's just it's perfect. We've talked about that. It's you know I've I've grown up doing this, so I don't. I like I like I like what I do. I like covering events and shit like that. Yeah. But when I'm out there, there's literally no one else out there unless they're working on, the, on behind the camera stuff like that. They're sitting in the media. Funny story, right quick. You know. The first time I decided to wear a three-piece suit at the game, and I wore a three-piece suit on the radio Monday. What people don't know is that I was meeting with the owner once again because I want them. I don't want to do sales anymore. I want you to bring me on full-time like everybody else is here. I shouldn't have to be there. I said, it's not a good look, and I don't like that shit. I did it because, you know, we had an arrangement. 
But you all kind of reneged on some stuff, so if that's the case, I'm coming back. This is this is what I want. So we'll see how that you know, maybe next week or so. I'll find out what happens with that. Yeah. Um, but you know, so I had I had them a three piece suit. They were like, "Why are you in a suit?" They didn't know I was meeting with the owner. But I'm like, "Shit, if I'm going for a job interview, once again, I want to look the part. I'm not going to come in like I like I'm dressed out now, right. trying to meet with you when I'm asking you for a full time gig with benefits." So that evening, I get to KU. And, I, and I'm looking around, like, fuck, I'm the only, you know, I, I know so all the time I'm the only, I'm the only black person here besides Kenitra. And so I'm just chilling, you know, but I, I you know, cool, I'm, you know, talking for him and eating. And so, but I watched the game from back there instead so I have a seat uh, uh, in, in the stands, but it doesn't have a back. So it's just sitting on the bench. And I don't like this shit because it just hurts my back. So I just sit back in the back, you know, where we eat and do the press conference from and just watch the game. So the KU, uh, the KU communication person, you know, you talk, you talk to me a couple of times, but I'm dressed three piece suit. Hey man, you know we we uh we have an extra seat. Uh, of course, I if you want to sit there and watch the game, and I'm about to, I was about to leave. You know that I'm like, well, fuck yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah. Hey, let me go, let me go, enjoy yeah, And so, but but it's funny because you know people start treating you differently, talking to you differently. Not not that I got a ten polo uh, jacket on. You know, okay, a ten. Uh, but before then, with just a ship, when I'm at my Parson station, yeah, you know, okay, five, four, okay, no problem. But I'm at three piece suit now. I was like, shit, this guy, you know, this guy's important. So, I'm, oh shit, no. Yeah. So now, so so, so so now, 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 when I go there on Wednesday for senior night, I'm debating if I'm gonna wear a suit or not just to see how the you know how they how they treat me. But right. the fact that people ask me all the time, somebody asked me earlier today, um, you know, it, have I been on? Uh, Sunday sound out with Mick Schaefer. I'm like, no, I haven't, haven't been asked, and I don't expect to be asked because they consider me D's guy or Ryan, Ryan's guy. So since they're gone, I don't expect to be on on Sunday sound off any longer. Danny has me on the locker room from time to time with her and Neil, so that's that's no big end. And look, and I'm not, I'm just pointing it out that they don't have that many blacks to begin right. with to kind of go through the rotation. So full time on the radio is just myself and and Carrington Harrison. That you know and then television, there's just Harold over at Fox Four. Um I I was told uh, the young lady Bree, uh, the, the young lady from Channel Five, uh, I, I heard she's mixed, so it's <laughs> if she is. Yeah. Uh, not Danny but the other girl, uh, Bree Brienne or whoever Bree is. Um uh, Bree Moore, I believe her name is, and so you know she's if she's if she has a drip of black in her, then okay, good. I'm, all, I'm all, you know so be it. Yeah. Um, but that being the case, there's still, and again, I said it because here in Kansas City, we have the majority of our players on the you know KU and uh, and and the Chiefs. There there aren't any on the, on the roads that I'm aware of uh, who look like me who are black, and so. You know when they, you know, so when the press is surrounded, and especially if you got into trouble, kind of like the kid uh, the Sosa, you know, now you didn't get a chance to talk to him, but when he does come back, he's going to be looking at a throng of media, and outside of myself and Kenitra, he's going to be looking at people who don't look like him, you know, and and is going to wonder what type of, you know, what type of angle that they're coming at him at, mm. and the fact that I'm talking to Brett Veach at KU, man to man, hey, do you think it is your responsibility, among others? Do you know to say something to the media about the lack of representation? I know, and he agrees. He says yes. Of course, when well, the next time I see him, like, hey, yeah, yeah. I think you need to have that conversation because yeah. it's gotten worse on the spot. You know, yeah. I mean, I don't have a problem with that. Well, I mean, 
So what? Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, shit, you get paid a lot of money. Answer that question. Yep. Um, and so, but granted, it, but at the end of the day, in his defense, also, it's not his job. But it is it is something that he needs to make make mention of because again, you you, you can't have teams that don't you know and people coming doing trying to do their job that don't that don't reflect your team or the community and that's uh, you know and that that could be a part of, of the environment because when, when Obama was president you had Michael Comey you had Al Wallace you had you know you had minorities all around right. now the Trumps in office maybe just the black mind of thinking this is, is is different so I don't want to miss you like I'm, I'm all about complaining because I'm not we have made progress and things of that nature, but there's still there's still much you know there's still much more that needs. Well, to and be you done. mentioned the, the Rooney Rule. Um, I don't know how you feel about it because to me, it's I understand the time when it was it was brought up and it was created, what what the purpose was for. Do you feel like it's it's kind of outdated now to where no, these, these not, coaches, these minority coaches that get these interviews, is it to feel like a participation trophy in a way to the fact that some of them are there just because they need to fill in that spot. Uh, I, I believe, well, again, that goes back to the owners because right. I, the, the fact that it's there, look, if it wasn't there, they wouldn't even have the opportunity. True. So, you know, it's that's a catch 22. Yeah, it's a catch 22, but you know, now how do you, how do you make it better? I talked to Jim Rooney during the Super Bowl, and yeah. you know, I mean, he says they need to go back. And Roger Goodell wants feels to make dirty it. in a way to me. Yeah, because like but see, Roger Goodell, but it, it also has to be more than just a head coach and the front office. You got to do the coordinators and stuff as well, because sure. you know, because again, you know, is. It, you don't have. I mean, now we're starting to get. Now, now you're starting to see black quarterbacks playing and, and excelling. The best in the game, yeah, yeah they're, they're the best in the game minus the Tom Brady. Right. But you know, but but they don't. But when it comes to the position coaches, they're all white. You know, I mean, they're white in, in that quarterback in that, in that quarterback area. So and then, then the quarterback coaches are generally the ones that, that end up becoming an offensive coordinator, yeah. which then becomes a head coach. Uh, Eric Bieniemy is one of the few that you know got a chance is is, is in that yeah. process and maybe next man up Hopefully. to become a head coach. Um, but but even then, you know, a lot of people didn't think you know he, he was calling plays. Well, you saw him calling plays throughout the playoffs, and now he's got a Super Bowl yeah. ring. So yeah. now next year, what excuse are you going to use to not hire him? Right. See that, that, that resume. That's gonna the resume. Right. Yeah. So 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 that's going to be important. Um, but again, you know, it's. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there's, I don't have the answer on how you yeah. strengthen it. Yeah. Um, so I, I wish I did because I would definitely be selling it to him. I would yeah. be giving it to him for free. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I don't have the answer to that. But yeah. at the end of the day, you know, I'm all about representation. And here's the thing: I want, I want the media, I want the front office, I want the coaches, I want it to look more like America. You know, because again, yeah, yeah, because you know, look. I didn't, you know, it wasn't until literally I saw President Obama, uh, well, when he was a candidate, a U.S. senator, uh, speak for the DNC that I thought, well, shit, there's our first black president right there, <laughs> if he decides to run. But seeing that on television, then for kids who grew up, that's the first and only thing that they that they got a chance to see. We got a black president. So to them in their mind, yeah. that's something that can be done. We talked before the show about Lewis Riddick uh, getting the opportunity. Hell Again. Yeah. He's more qualified than, than a lot of people who got the who got the position. Like he's more qualified than the guy from the Cleveland Browns exactly. that they hired. And that's the best like him because he's black. But Lewis but Lewis really yeah. is more qualified. Now maybe he didn't want to interview for it, but 
you know, that, best man for the having the opportunity for is, 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 is all we really want, for sure. but a fair opportunity as well. And that's, and that's what we want to see as well, man. And that's, that's why I'm really glad that you um, got to touch on these things because coming from you, it actually holds weight. Me to say these things, it's good. It's it's a responsible thing from a from a white perspective to say these things because it's good that white folks are getting this stuff. It is, but it's also like I said, it holds weight to know from the experience of it. You can tell stories, I can't. And what you're doing in our community, I told you this last time, and I'll say this forever, as long as you're here, we truly appreciate the work you're doing because of the fact that we know that you are pioneering of sorts to other because like you you mentioned obama and what he brought and and young men saw that and say i can be that or we can see that thing and that's that's happening in your field as well they're young, they're young, yeah go ahead and let me say this you know because i don't people think well damn man, you say this over your pocket you said oh i said on the air yep. uh at the station but but also i've said it i got you you know I, i've said it to the owner of the station when i met with him this week mm-hmm. i told him so look man I'm the only one that looks like me that's on Keep your it station. Real, yeah. And it's like, and, and, and the work that I put in, you know, because look, they agreed that yesterday you were hired, you showed throughout the football season, radio, real, Super Bowl, whatever. Nobody can deny your work. Okay. I appreciate you acknowledging that. <laughs> now I need you to do something about it. Yeah. But also, it, you know, even if you don't, I told them, even if you don't decide to bring me up, I know I can go to Intercom if something opens up. I know I can go to Cumulus or they decide to switch to sport. And hell, the thing is, even if I decide to go back to Sprint and leave A10 ESPN Kansas City, I still got my I still got my Fox Sports gig where I still get the same credentials that you all got because I didn't get credentials for the Super Bowl through A10. I got it through my Fox Sports station because they're uh, they're affiliate of Chiefs, Royals, and K and KU as well. So I can still get the same credentials as as, as WHB uh, A10. I just won't have the quote unquote platform radio wise or here but shit you know but they brought me on because of what i was doing on fox sports radio and parts of their facebook live anyway so yeah, all right well regardless of whatever happens man um you always have a home here at the spoken podcast Appreciate and, and i know that might not mean a ton but for what it's worth man we we do really truly and sincerely yeah, appreciate your hard work, man. You, man. i'm good yeah so yeah, we, we really do thank you man and we thank you for being here tonight we, it really meant a lot for you to be here for you know with us at the end of this month because mm-hmm. this is a very important month in American history for us to reflect and understand and be conscientious of what took place and how we need to grow as a society and people like you in your field pioneering like I say is only going to help progress and move things further and we're really excited to be uh, a part of that man yeah, and so, especially when it represents 90% of the athletes that we, we right. glorify and and, and, and yeah. you know right. so, support every week so so yeah. thank you again Darren we really do appreciate it we really no do problem. appreciate everybody that's been a part of the Monday mailbag Episode 53 was an absolute blast. We want to thank everybody that's listened. We'd love to hear you guys' feedback. We will have Darren on this show very, very soon. We promise you guys we love having him on. We always have great responses. Yeah, we we're talking about being playoffs. So Let's like, do it. Let's, Let's go. do I'm it. I'm going to get these guys right. I'll just go Real quick, tell them where to find you. Uh, you well, now because <laughs> I switch everything over again. <laughs> Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Darren Smith WHB. Awesome. Okay, follow him, guys. Definitely give me he does incredible content every single day. Uh, for Trevor Twidwell, for Eddie Ortiz, for Darren Smith, for Clay Windler, for everybody that helps us with this. Episode 53 is unwrapped. We are out of this bitch. Bitches! <laughs> We're going to get out of this bitch. Thank you so much for listening, guys. See ya. You are tuned in to the spoken. I might actually stick, I might actually stick around for a little bit.